Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Slay with reindeer, no sack on my back. You gonna see me coming in a big black Cadillac. Put his stockings Run off the light Santa Claus is coming Down the old chimney tools and welcome to the garage we're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts we're going to do the best we can to keep you informed entertained and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way bring you the versus best combination of herdstones eggnog and lots of tattoos i'm chris you and i'm abraham lincoln hey gettysburg how's it shaking <laughs> how you doing Fantastic, man. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, well, everyone's here and it isn't Christmas. Uh, we saw each other four days ago. <laughs> yes. And that's too many days. Yeah. Well, oh, yes. It's too long to be apart, it is. my friend. It's too long. But, uh, no, we recorded, uh, what is today even? We What's recorded Monday. Monday, today which is was Friday. The, yeah. So we recorded Monday the 3rd for the episode that came out on the 10th. Yeah. And with all the holiday stuff coming up and with the different schedules, here we are on Friday recording again. So right. proactive. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, happy Festivus. Happy For the rest of us. Well, why don't we take this moment to take uh, to say thank you to our sponsors? That would be awesome. All right. As always, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Beautiful Grays Lake, Illinois. Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana. The gaming capital of the world. Ursa's Den, custom painting, and sculpting by Brian Steele. And Battle Foam, protecting your army. Is that new mouthwash? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's minty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 
What else do we have going on? Oh, geez. Well, um, we got a shout out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, from John Kersey from the Deployment Zone. And he wrote, in a world where all hope is lost, where the daily drudgery weighs heavily upon the shoulders of the common man and crushes all semblance of joy, there stands one man. One man who can rise up and rally others to his cause. This man, this ridiculously handsome man, not Grant Fetter, whose blue eyes and devilish smile have vaporized many a maiden's better judgment and virginity, has chosen to take a stand. He has chosen to battle against adversity and throw off the miasma-laden shackles of laziness. This man has undertaken the most sacred of quests to fulfill. This man, John Kersey, has entered into the stake bet. Dun, dun, dun. Wah, 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 wah. Two of the Deployment Zone podcast's hosts have entered into what shall be known from this day forth as the stake bet. A self-explanatory. A few weeks ago, on November 18th, John and Brian were sitting at the game store when someone asked how John's Bretonians were coming along. John began a litany of complaints about how long it was taking be- before being asked if he was going to have the army completed by the Black Sheep Brawl on January 19th. John immediately said, yeah, it's no problem. And Brian called shenanigans. Brian bet John that he wouldn't be he- that he would be far too busy to paint the army by January 19th, especially with twins due on the 18th of December. Congratulations. John responded with confidence that it would be finished. Brian bet him a steak dinner that he would fail, and so the hashtag steak bet was born. If John Kersey fails to paint the 2,400 points of Bretonians to the exact same standard of his two existing units, which by all accounts from the co-hosts of the show is low, ouch, then he will owe his co-host Brian... Birch. Birch, a steak dinner at the Outback Steakhouse across the street. Ooh, Outback. Fancy schmancy nice. bets. <laughs> However, should our hero prevail and righteousness rain down upon the land, then Brian's avarice shall backfire and we and he owe John a delicious steak dinner at said restaurant. Once again, fancy schmancy Outback. The hobby progress in the original post can be seen on John's blog at companyofthedamned.blogspot.com. And can be heard during their podcast, The Deployment Zone, or on Twitter using the hashtag StakeBet. Twitter handles at SilvosFOH and at Evil underscore Brian. Listeners and viewers are encouraged to post and support John in his Herculean effort to have this army painted and ready to play at 2,400 points by January 19th, 2013. John would like to point out that he currently has 1,522 points painted and hasn't even touched the two lords or three heroes yet. He likes touching lords and heroes. I think that's what I just read. Just throwing that out there. Sorry. Fair enough. Oh, that's supposed to be long. Sorry. That's right. Should we read read that part together? Sure. Long Long live the the hashtag statement. The hashtag (laughs) statement. Whatever. That's the longest. That's longer than any of those things that uh, that Elmer sent us to read. Yeah, that's not a shout out. That's a speech out. <laughs> that okay. Show's over. Then we hit our four <laughs> hours. <laughs> hey, behave, who behave? Oh Christ! Interesting. Uh, well, this is truly epic. I'm curious to see how it turns epic. out. Okay. Um, 
I did get a voicemail a couple days ago. Voicemail. And I didn't, voicemail. We Tell me voicemail. about voicemail. I didn't even get to listen to it, so I don't know if it's going to be included on the show because I have no idea what it contains. It could just be someone telling me I'm a fool, um, which if it's that, I'll probably put it on. Uh, but we have voicemail, and if you would like to leave us a voicemail, whether it be for a shout-out uh, that you want to do on your own or you want to tell someone about uh, your tournament coming up, you can call one seven five seven G H show 6 What's that number? one seven five seven G H show 6 uh, GH stands for Garage Hammer. One seven five seven GH show six. Call now. Show six. Yes, and and be sure to throw in a hashtag steak bet so that we can get that going right. as well. But uh, okay, folks, um, that's our shout out. Those are our welcomes. Those are our sponsors. We're coming right back with Johnny Hastings from Point Hammered to talk to you about stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, okay, wait. Okay, okay before, no commercial. What? Before we break, I have to give a little shout-out slash uh, food review. Well, we, got a new, well, we got a new segment. Well, the we kind of segment. have a, yeah, a food segment slash sponsor. Well, we got the we got the weight loss contest going on, so I so, yes. should have a food review. That's a good segue. So in conjunction okay. with that, when I was at Mary Mayhem, our good friend Ryan Nickel, who you know, Lord yes, Marion, I do. Uh, works for um, the company that produces Spam. Hormel. Yeah. So he I showed up. I love spam. I love spam. And he, yeah, I do too. And he gave me three sample packs of kind of instant meals, like all, just all microwave yeah, yeah, single serve microwavable meals. Uh, there and there were three of them. And I promised that I'd give him a review of these. So Excellent. I've had two of the three. One was um, spam with potatoes. In a cream sauce, which was pretty good. I like taters. It was a little heavy on the cream. I thought it was, I was hoping for more meat and potatoes, more spam and potatoes. Yeah, me. that Otherwise, is meat. Spam is meat. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it was uh, pretty good. The other one that I had was red beans and rice, and this one was awesome. Really, just the right amount of spice. And he, I think he said that it was a little too spicy for his palate, but I loved it. And I think he said that it's his bestseller. Okay. So red beans and rice and spam. You, I haven't even seen these. Where do you get them? Well, apparently they're not um, being released. They haven't been released in the Midwest yet, except for Walmart, I think he said. Uh, otherwise, I think it's available in, in, in the South. I'm Southern going to US. Walmart. <laughs> these were pretty good. That I'm, red beans and rice one was great. I'm not joking. I'm going there tomorrow. After Harrison finishes the ACT, Yeah, I'm going to Walmart. I need these. I got to at least check the, the calorie and content and stuff sure, on that. Sure, sure. I love it was, good stuff. I love red beans and rice. I got family from down south. Red mm. beans and rice is a staple. So there's one more sitting in my uh, pantry for me, which is the jambalaya. Oh, oh are I you think, kidding? Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Nickel, thank you for the food samples and uh, keep it coming, buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you got, if you need any other people to yeah. review <laughs> the spam, <laughs> uh, yeah, just drop me an email because I'll send you my address. You could send any spam you want this way, especially if it's. Red beans and rice or jambalaya. Yes. You know, one of these days we'll have to have a, a cookout. We'll record outdoors and fry up some spam and have a little meal. All right. So is that the that's that the food the, review? Uh, <laughs> go. Four out of four stars for the red beans and rice, and I would give the potatoes and cream three three stars. Okay. Cool. All right, well, now we will really be back after this. Yes, let's break. And then we'll be back with the lack of news and rumors and the toolbox brought to you by...
Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A uh, place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual You tips. mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but, uh... Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but... Miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who. All right, but... Things supernatural. I understand, It's but... all here! Okay, but... With listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere... Okay. Stop by UGG, or... Or... Or, Visit them yep. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. All right, let's talk some Warhammer. Yeah, back from it. Now, uh, before we get talking some Warhammer, let's bring on our special guest. What is going on? Mr. Johnny Hastings, <laughs> how are you? The handsome <laughs> point boy himself. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? Hanging in there. Fantastic. And thanks for coming on, man. This has kind of been a long time coming, so... And what's what I thought you guys forgot about me? No, ago. we've been talking about. I've been talking to Johnny about this since like July or September. We've been planning pretty much our whole 2012 around this episode. So. We can't, we, every time we go, we're going to do it now. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I can't do it now. And then the computer, the internet went on the fritz, and we literally got the whole internet. No, well, <laughs> on the computer, on my computer, my my ah. Skype, the my internet connection went nuts. Uh. So uh, I literally just got it fixed on Monday. So so here we are, finally. And finally, this is the Christmas episode, by the way, Johnny, so you know, the we recorded our December 10th episode Monday, <laughs> and now it's Friday, which brings us to the news and rumors section, which of which we have none, because it's been four days. So that's a great section. We're going to move along to the Toolbox, toolbox. brought to you by <laughs> Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Superstore. Yay! <laughs> so, um, I got... Two very small things uh, in the last few days. Okay. I did pick up Cold Days from Jim Butcher. Uh, the you new dog. <laughs> I'm halfway through it, Johnny. Two days, and I read half of it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the new Dresden novel, Chris. Uh, okay. I knew Johnny would like, like hearing that. Um, yeah. Also, uh, work started a program where teachers can get iPads if they go to a three-hour how-to-use-your-iPad training. What? The school pay- <laughs> picked up well, the here's the thing, And they're supposed to put a TV in my room that I could link it to to use it, but they put no TV in my room. But I still got this iPad. And then I found nice. out as long as I work there, I can keep it. Summers, winters, everything. So I got an iPad yesterday, and I was also told as long as I'm not like storing pornography on it, I can do basically any apps or anything I want. So I will be getting White Dwarf Digital. via the iPad <laughs> starting cool. this month. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it for me. Uh, no movies, no nothing. Chris, did you do anything uh, exciting? Nothing for me. It's four days. Just, just kind of trying to think of different lists for Adepticon coming up. And yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble. Orcs and Goblins and 2,400 points, special characters. It's tall order. I'm not, are you, not quite sure what to do. Are you thinking of taking special characters? <laughs> at this point, it's either Grimgore, Fighty, or um, Orzag, Shooty. Oh, so we'll see. 
Fightsy or shootsy, I Fightsy got it. Fightsy or shootsy, yeah. Don't you orc guys just build your lists around big blocks of savage orcs these days? Pretty or much, yeah. That's that's one route. I, you know, both lists have that, ironically, so uh, maybe there's something to that. <laughs> now that is what works. Well, what about you, uh, Johnny? What you been up to? Uh, not too much. I've been really hooked on Star Trek The Next Generation. So. <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> uh, it's a real nerd festival over here, yeah. Oh, I heard that you were. I heard last episode you were talking about that. Yeah, I watched about twenty or twenty-two episodes in the first season, and it's it's really awesome. I'm watching it again as an adult. I thought I'd I, I thought I'd mm-hmm. seen them all, and then I start watching them, and I don't think I've seen one yet um, that I'd seen in the past. So it's really cool. Oh, wow. There's so much stuff you miss as a kid watching that show. There's so many layers of stuff going on. It's really good. Oh yeah, for sure. The first uh, episode or first season or two of that was. Uh it's very different. Like as the characters progress and stuff, it, it definitely becomes a, a different show as it goes. Yeah, compared to modern shows, it's you can tell it's old. It just doesn't have the effects. The mm-hmm. stories are, you know, everything always ends happy in one episode. Right. So it's, but it's good. It's it's kind of comfortable and gives me a warm fuzzy feeling yeah, from when yeah. I was a kid. It's so. like the pessimist view, <laughs> pessimist or the optimist's uh, science fiction. Yeah, so it's a lot like Stargate, which I loved a lot, where the, it always ended well for the characters. So. Mm-hmm. Listen, Johnny, since you're on, what have you been doing in the hobby lately? Anything interesting? I know you probably you probably spent about 16 hours painting a leg or something like that. But <laughs> Sadly, I'm not even to a point where I'm doing much painting. I'm still sculpting on my Iron Blaster Gorgon model. And then it really I've been sculpting fur on him and on the Doom Bowl for probably two or three weeks, maybe longer. And it's just insanely boring. Jeez, so. a, that is a lot of fur. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, you sculpt, um, you use green stuff, right? Mostly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you have regular sculpting tools like metal sculpting tools or what do you use to sculpt with? Yeah. Uh, for this kind of stuff, I use metal sculpting tools. I use uh, like clay shapers and, you know, like the rubber-ended ones to smooth everything out before I start sculpting the fur, but the detail work is done with just a metal poker. But tonight, I actually sat in a tattoo chair for three or four hours, so I made them give me the needles at the end, so I'm going to try it with that, because really, that's just a group of needles bundled up, so it might (laughs) save me some time. (laughs) This guy's the kid who would tape seven pencils together, so when he had to write 50 (laughs) times something, he only had to write it like eight. Efficiency. (laughs) Did they give you any... uh resistance when you ask for those needles? They nah, can't use he them didn't again. care. Uh, well, I wasn't sure if it was like some medical thing. That... Well, they, I mean, they, they can't use them again because it's... I know, they can't. Uh, yeah, so, but I, mean, I don't know if they just like give, know, the give them out. He gave me a weird look, and then when I explained it, he gave me what I was going to do with him, he gave me an even weirder look. <laughs> he's like, well, it's your DNA, so I guess you can take it. <laughs> that was about it. What was the explanation you gave him? I got to sculpt some... Yeah, Some I told him I've been doing a lot of sculpting on these mo- on these miniatures, and uh. he's like, "Well, what kind of stuff are you sculpting?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, it's just putty work." And he's like, oh, "Okay." He said, "If you try and sculpt anything hard with them, then they'll be they'll break or they'll uh. be dull right away." So, so when you use the metal ones, let me ask you, what do you put on the? Because I was doing just I was just trying to recreate a cape. I did a, a conversion. Sure. And I was trying to recreate a cape, and I couldn't get it smooth. And I you said the rubber tipped ones for that. But then even when I was using the metal ones, just trying to bend, and it, it was like they would stick to the green stuff. What do you – I mean, do you use just Vaseline or what do you use on the – No, I spit on it a lot. Or I just put the tool in my mouth every single time like before I put it on the putty. I don't use Vaseline. I just spit on it a lot and put <laughs> yeah. it in my mouth. Johnny, you promised. Before, before you stick it in the fur. <laughs> if I get accused of having dragged this thing into the mud. Yeah, I'm no kidding. Why tech? I think it was Y-Tech. <laughs> 
<laughs> Keep it on track here. Let's go. I use double entendre. I just told Johnny not to cuss. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to be offended if the mic picks up any background farts? Because no, I'm, I'm kind of expecting that. <laughs> I actually was trying to see if I could just find some fake fart sound effects and just have them on the computer and keep <laughs> clicking them and yelling at you for it. Figured Maybe I'd... we have our, uh, you know, commemorative farts on our show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because I, I think I could do that. I'm all show. I'm, you know. You think you could pass it all into noise, the mic? Yeah, no smell just for me. Just pa- pass it into your mic. Okay. That's all I'm saying. You got it. <laughs> all right. Gee whiz. So, uh, anything else, Johnny? Other than that, I've been painting on my first man yesterday, actually, and, uh, now, I don't know, I should be a lot more motivated because the skin is probably the number, it takes the longest on, you know, those like Minotaur gore or something. Mm-hmm. So I usually get bogged down on it, but hopefully I'll find some motivation to cruise. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, what was I going to say? What was the other thing? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So which which Dresden book are you on? Have you read all of them up until? I have not bought the new one because okay. I don't want to buy a big hardback, and I haven't checked to see if it's out on audiobook yet. Oh, okay. I got you. But I I did – I read – no, I listened to 13, but there's a book of short stories that I haven't read or listened to either yet. So I haven't. I only read the first story, but they're pretty cool. If you had to sum up – the Dresden series and just like two or three words. What would you be? What would you say? Is it like supernatural, supernatural detective, detective fiction? Fiction. Yeah. He is the only <laughs> practicing wizard in the Chicago phone book. In Chicago, <laughs> and it takes place in modern times. Yes, sounds interesting. A lot of people uh, t- say say good things about it. So I have to check it out. It's fantastic. But uh, okay, that's it for news and rumors, toolbox, everything <laughs> like that. Um, you know what? Let's take a break, and when we come right back, we're going to come back with Beastmen with their special, uh, well, no, Beastmen Fluff. Oh, we're not (laughs) supposed to take a break yet. We'll do the Beastmen Fluff now. All right, so why don't we jump into the Beastmen Review, and uh, let's start with some of the fluff. Now, Johnny, are are you a reader of the fluff? Do you enjoy that part of the hobby? I am, and I do very much. In fact, you know, before we jump too much into the fluff, let right. me ask you, Johnny. Sure. I knew. I know that you played dwarves before you picked up beastmen. Yeah, yeah, I did dwarves for probably four or five years before beasts. That's a they're definitely a different play style and overall feel to that army. What prompted you to pick up beastmen? Uh, it was several things. One of them was I wanted to play an evil army because you know dwarves are kind of goody goodies. So. Mm. Um, it was either, you know, this, I started Beastmen in sixth edition and, you know, dwarves are always just a super static army. Right. Um, but when I first picked up Beast during sixth, it was when they had the concept of the beast herds, which were mixed herds of gores and ungores. All skirmishers, right? Yeah. And they were yeah. all skirmished. So back then skirmisher was really powerful. You could see any direction, you could charge any mm-hmm. direction, you could never be march blocked. Um, so the beast herds were solid. And then when they got into combat, the rule was the gore would push to the front and you could still get two ranks for rank bonus. So it was super mm-hmm. solid. It was just really different because, you know, to go from doors where you got these big blocks that barely move to something right. like that that can just go everywhere. Really fluid and all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and back then the ambush rule was pretty solid too. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just about mobility. And I didn't really want any shooting, having been fed up with war machines blowing themselves up right. time and time again. Okay. Um, that and the models were, that was when they first had come out with the plastic gore and ungore and they're just super awesome models yeah, those models still stand up to this day i, I like them i've got a box of some i did in a trade i got probably about six seven hundred points of 
beastmen sitting around and i, yeah, I like those well models well detailed yeah yeah i like them a lot they're super characterful and you know they redid them and just pretty much took the same sculpts and added little scars and extra little bits to them mm. and that's all right but i don't know i thought they were fine as they were so yeah. okay cool so uh all right so i kind of went through and highlighted a few things one of the things that i like about the beast men and I remember I enjoyed the fluff when I was reading when they were Beasts of Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's some definite changes. And, Johnny, I know you can talk to that a little bit more than I can because you were playing them at the time and I wasn't. But um, I'm reading this here and it says the origins of the, under Origins of the Beastmen, you know, they're a twisted product of chaos, vile, aberrant parodies of man and beast alike, but more vigorous and powerful than either. Um, what I thought was interesting is that their origin is basically, you know, when the chaos wastes erupted, when the chaos gates broke back with the old ones, mm-hmm. the chaos uh, powers come down, and in these regions of the forest, these, you know, just the beasts and humans were both being born deformed, and some of these, they, it says they were somehow mated. They're terrible offspring born and mated again, generation after generation indiscriminately reproducing and eventually dying in uncontrolled and rapid procession. Just was, thus was the race of beastmen born into the world. <laughs> now, so they're sort of, they literally are half-breeds, kind of right. mixed and twisted by chaos. One of the changes into this edition that I really liked is, I mean, I, I, there's parts of it I liked and parts of it that I was sad to see go, but obviously they're a product of chaos, but unlike demons of chaos, warriors of chaos, they're not beholden to chaos. Right. Um, they are like they're a, more just feral yeah. beasts, really. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because they do chaos's bidding, but not in a direct fashion. It's it, They're almost like a chaos wind-up toy. It's like chaos sort of spawned them. Yeah, it's more instinctual for them. It's yeah. not, you know, they don't have to make a choice to follow. They just do what, what they feel. It turns out that's about chaos. Yeah, it's like right. it's, it's instinctual in them to cause havoc, which serves chaos very well. But they aren't like beholden to any of the gods. They don't pray to them. They don't. It just they don't care about any of that. They just care about you know destroying like, civilization, destroying yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, which is a huge difference. Now, in the old edition, you could have uh, different beasts that were actually dedicated yeah, to a could, specific god yeah you could mark them back then um which was super solid actually but um but yeah that totally went away and you know in the old book this book yeah this book is called beast men where the old one was called beast of chaos and you know back then was when you could mix the the mortals book because you had mortals of chaos and you could throw in demons if you wanted with demons of chaos book um so i think that's why they changed the name of the book to distinguish them and make them mm-hmm. you know instead of associating with the other two books make them their own army yeah, because I mean, I remember seeing the Pestigore models and thinking, "Wow, those are <laughs> those are pretty awesome." Yeah, they had Pestigore and Corngore, and um, you know, you could mark the Minotaur back then. You could make your like Doombull an actual Zinch wizard. How how weird is that? Yeah, it's really? pretty awesome in retrospect. Yeah. Just, but they had Zinch. Do they have any Slanesh stuff? Yeah, I think you could mark the characters any way you wanted, uh, and the same went for the units. They just didn't make models for all of them. Cool. So, um, next part of the fluff that I was reading here is how that the Beastmen were around for thousands of years, it says, before Sigmar showed up. 
and unified the nations of men. And basically, they looked as men as just another food source, cowering, the, the savages cowering in their little caves, in their caves or in their homes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, once, uh, as it puts here, then a man came bearing a golden hammer that was the bane of all <laughs> enemies and united the human tribes, challenging the beastmen for dominance of the lands. This warrior elevated mankind from a collection of loosely organized tribes into the massive empire it is today. And, man, the beastmen have never forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, and, the, and, the, and the farther, the more advanced mankind's civilization gets, the more the beastmen hate them. They hate the empire. They hate the Bretons. They hate men more than anything else, more than dwarves. More than elves. More than greenskins. More than greenskins. <laughs> <laughs> so once the men got organized, they got their stuff together, they, it was all downhill for the beasts. Yeah, like. the beasts. Yeah, they got I mean, pushed out. And, yeah. yeah, basically. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, little, I mean, I got to tell you, I was going over the fluff today. And what I did, I made some copies of the fluff, and I was just going through it and highlighting the stuff that I that was interesting. Sure. And... Uh, I just so you know where I'm on Johnny right now on page eight, John and Chris. Uh, you know just the descriptions of how they're born. You know they're they're it's how you know chaos warriors and different denizens of chaos may pray to the gods of chaos and may uh, get gifted. You know with with mutations, but it's like these guys are perfectly born that way with the horns, the legs of cattle and goats to trample the bodies of their matted hair encrusted with blood and dung, a haven for fat ticks and colonies of fleas that keep them in a constant state of agitation. They're always irritated and cranky because little things are biting at them. I mean. I'm, I'm like, wow, this is actually much better than I remember reading it the first time. I'm like, this Sounds is like yeah. a miserable race. Oh, they are. Yeah. Nobody ever paints them that way. All the models you see are just nice, clean little beast men. Clean, yeah. <laughs> well, how would you, I mean? Yeah, with that at that size, though. I mean, it would it would just look like you you were messy with your paint. I think if you <laughs> tried to get it that way. Some brown smudges everywhere. Right. <laughs> Definitely mud all over the place. Exactly. Uh, of all the creatures of chaos, they have an especially close relationship with Morsleep, the Chaos Moon. And whenever it gets full in the sky, they they start to get crazy. Um, I was just I was I was loving this. Um, what else have I got in here that I was taking notes on? It talks about the endless hunt, the beast paths I thought was an interesting thing. They live in the forest, but they never stay in one place. They're always on the move. And they, they've, they've like almost subconsciously made these. They've got cycles. Like, you know, like the ancient nomadic tribes, the pre-human tribes used to follow the animals around as they follow the food. They have these paths that they sort of follow through the forests. Sure. Sort of subconsciously, just moving nomadic, around. Nomadically, kind of wandering. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as they're doing it, and then it starts, then you get into the part where it starts talking about calling a, a bray, uh, calling the bray herd and calling all the war herds together. And uh, this is where, for me personally, it got interesting. Um, because this, if you want to start theming a Beastman army, this is the part <laughs> of the book that really starts giving you ideas. Just the explanations of how... A particularly uh, strong beast lord starts calling together all the herds, and then they start, you know, he says, I'm in charge now, and then they have challenges between them, and then the winner has to be actually sort of certified by the Bray Shaman, and if the Bray Shaman, after all the challenges, says, no, I don't think you're the one, we got to keep waiting until more challenges happen. And he might have to beat more people to earn it, or someone might have to beat him, and then once he wins, then it's sort of like the... Beastman version of the wah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be the, the ba. The ba. <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, 
there there was one piece of fluff that I had read. I don't know exactly where it is, but when the the Lord dies, all of his subjects feast on his body. Do you remember reading that? Yeah. Well, yeah. To, so like, they're ingest his powers or uh-huh. whatever. Well, and it yeah. says the whole tribe is cannibalistic. Yeah. That they will eat every part, the hoof, the entrails, everything, because right. they are they will make them more powerful. <laughs> But uh, if anyone is interested in actually sort of theming an army, right, there's a section called the Realms of the Beast where it actually talks about the different parts of the empire and the different parts of the forest where they live and, like, who, you know, in the heart of the Drockwald, there's th- these different things going on. Famous for the number of chaos spawn. The guys who live in the Drakwald, um have a lot of chaos spawn that follow, that follow their army. They're, you know, so... That's one group. Yeah. Yeah, um, go ahead. I was going to say uh, the Bullogre army I'm doing, it's going to be the Bullogres of the Drockwald. And so as I'm making them, I'm adding mutations and stuff to to the different Minotaur. Cool. See, yeah. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff. You, dude, I was going through the army lists, looking at it, getting ready, and I was like, wait, they can take Chaos Hounds? Like, the, the Chaos <laughs> like. I haven't seen anybody. I'm like, I didn't uh, realize. I just, I only thought of them in Warriors of Chaos armies. I forgot they could even be in a Beastman army. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, North of Bretonia and Arden are the largest and fiercest of the Beastmen. Uh, you get most of the best Agors from there. It says, um, the Forest of Shadows is home to the largest concentration of Minotaurs. <laughs> uh, you don't find a lot of gore. It says by the Minotaurs. There's no, eat them all. there's no chance to grow <laughs> to become a strong and powerful leader around Minotaurs. You get too uppity, they kill you. There's lots of ungore there, though, just kind of serving them. <laughs> and, it says that, and it says that when big tribes of Minotaurs go out to run, the ungore run out, find men, taunt them, aggravate them, people they couldn't possibly kill. And when they chase them, they run. And, it, <laughs> and the Minotaurs show up. And- when such enemies give chase, <laughs> the Ungor flee back toward the Minotaurs. Evil grins upon their twisted faces. Nice. The slaughter that ensues is truly horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's pretty grisly fluff, man. It's, it is. It really is. <laughs> um, the Heart of the Dark, where like the, the main herdstone for all of them is, like in the deepest of the forest, there's information there. Um, and then it goes into a little bit of fluff about Malagor. The, brace, the most terrible of all brave shamans is Malagor. And uh, the chieftain that led the war herds, the greatest scourge is Kazakh the One-Eye. I mean, there's just all sorts of great fluff about the special characters if people want to take the time to read it. But it is. It's all about just gutting things and eating them. <laughs> Did this book have a timeline? I know a lot of books have a timeline of events that feature, like, wars and significant uh, events. I don't think I don't so. Think if they did, it would one. have to be like from the Empire perspective because no, the Beastmen certainly don't Flipping give a crap about it. Yeah, they're not going to keep a timeline <laughs> of events. All they, I don't yeah, see one. The only thing it says is all that they care. No, it's, there isn't one. Okay. And that's weird. True, because true because to form, then. Yeah. All they know is that thousands of years ago, they were in charge and humans were food, and now they're not, <laughs> and they just look and back. they're mad. At, yeah, it's like that's the glory days. They just keep thinking back to those days, and someday, someday... We're doing everything we can to fix that situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, anything else you want to say about the fluff, Johnny? Any changes that you liked a lot, or that you, or that you didn't like between the last edition and this one? I mean, it's been a couple of years right now, but I mean, I know if you know the fluff as well, and you've played it a while. Nah, fluff-wise, I think it's solid. I mean, it's 
it's very entertaining read. I don't recommend you read it unless you want to start a beast man army because by the time you get to the end, you're going to be stoked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Just reading the fluff like uh, based on the unit entries, I'm like, oh man, this unit sounds awesome. Yeah, these bros sound pretty badass. Yeah. Were you getting that feeling today? I was. Because uh, one of the reasons I wrote the note about how you could really write a themed army is because I was reading this. I look over and it's almost <laughs> like I'm reading with a book in my right hand and my left hand's jotting down notes for what would make a cool army, like almost without me <laughs> thinking about it. I was just like. Oh no, I'm not starting a Beastman army right now. I'm well, I don't know. Some <laughs> of the it. abilities that they yeah. have and stuff, it seems like they could be a pretty fun army to play. And we could talk about that, like special rules and stuff that oh, they yeah. have. And this is one of the weird things. And when we get into that later, I want definitely want Johnny to talk about it. Because as I read through, I remember when the book first came out. Like back, it was a couple years ago when UGG would still get the book out a week early to the stores so yeah. the customers could look at it. And I was sitting there with Christopher, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's going to be awesome. Oh, wow, that's going to be awesome. And it's especially like the Jabberslythe, the Gorgon, the Cygor. And now you see in competitive games, it, it's still, you know, you don't see them. Everyone who plays them a lot is like, oh, they're not that good. Right. I sat down, I haven't read this book, and I read it again today, and I'm reading it going, God, I still think that sounds awesome. Like, every time I read it, I'm like, that sounds great. I, I, yeah, I agree. So we, we can talk about those things as we go, and... Absolutely. Talk about their validity and how effective they could or could not be. Well, why don't we take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk uh, Beastman Special Rules and uh, the lore of the wild. (laughs) (laughs) All right? All right. right, Back in a minute. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. All right, a bunch of tools. We are back. Some Beastman special rules. Nice. <laughs> back, back, back. All right. The point, you didn't even know it. There you go. <laughs> uh, so why don't we do this? Why don't we just kind of do it this way? We'll sort of read out the special rules, and you can give us your expert opinion, Johnny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why don't you take Primal Fury, Chris? You want to take the... Yeah, Primal Fury, uh, that's where units that have that uh, make a leadership check, and if they pass it, they can re-roll their rolls to hit. And the BSB does help in that situation. Is that pretty much it? Oh, and if you roll double ones, that unit gets frenzy for that turn? That is correct. Yeah. So So this is what makes the Beastman good in-game, as far as I'm concerned. It's so huge to be able to re-roll your hits every single turn. And it's, it's every amazing. round of close, close close combat, not just on your turn. It's everybody's turn. Right. And it's not just the first turn like Hatred. It's every single, you know, if you're fighting the whole game, you get Primal Fury every single turn, as long as you can pass that leader check. So it's super solid. There, there are times when you'll fail it and you'll be like, you know, at a crucial moment because um, you're generally banking on it. So sometimes it'll come back and bite you. But then there's also times when you'll roll that double one and then all your front row guys will get an extra attack, and you'll be like, sweet. <laughs> nice. 
So you're playing in a horde formation, and suddenly you're getting ten extra attacks. Yeah, sure. Or, you know, yeah. or the best of gore, rocking with uh, you know six wide. They all get extra attacks. Mm-hmm. Can never go wrong with that. Has the frenzy ever come up in a situation where it actually worked against you? Not from the primal fury. It hasn't. Okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty rare for that to happen. Yeah, I say if I go to a tournament, it'll happen probably two or three times over like a five game tournament, but. Okay. Once in a while, it'll happen at a crucial moment, and it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so that plus one leadership banner has got to play huge in army list design. Yeah, it does. Regardless of which you know, which general you're going to take, a Brave Shaman or a Beast Lord, you're going to stick them in with the best of gore, mm-hmm. who has a banner of discipline. Um, that's pretty much the only place you can get a magic banner outside of the BSB, right. so... True, true. Cool. No, no kidding. I looked. At, I was looking that up. When we get to list design, stuff, I'll talk <laughs> about that. There's only one unit that can take. Uh, only Bestigor can take a magic banner, right? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but you gotta have some limitations. <laughs> <laughs> so let's cover Beastmen Ambush. Um, okay. Now this rule seems really cool, but I know it's much more limiting than the old rule. Um, you can put a unit aside. Uh, in in ambush at the beginning of the game, but you have to have a unit of the same type and at least equal size deploying normally. So if you want to put forty gore in ambush, you got to have at least a unit of forty gore on the table. Right. So uh, if you want to put even a unit of a small unit of ungor in ambush, you got to have a unit of at least that size on the table. That's correct. And now I think the biggest downside to this. Is that they only show up on a four, five, six, and that's every single turn. So, I mean, it's conceivable that your unit would never show up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's actually and, on a one, four, five, or six. Because on a one, they show oh, up, a but your choice. opponent yeah, you're can right. put him where he wants, which is sure. just as good as not showing up sometimes. Yeah. At least you don't lose the points for him. But the old ambush rule was you pass the leadership test. And then you come on wherever, or they come on wherever you want them to, which is huge. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, that's yeah. way better. This, but, uh, I I tried it when the first, when the book first came out a few times, but it's just too unpredictable to be any use in the game. So, do you think in tournaments that allow a reroll like Bits or Screw City, do, does this become more viable? I don't think so because generally. You're saving that for like a. Like a I always save it for miscasts because right. that's usually what can wreck my game. Um, so and that's way more important than something like this, which because even if you ambush, I mean you're not realistically going to ambush forty gore. You're going to ambush ten or twenty, mm-hmm. and they're not really that effective when they're on their own and they're only leadership uh, seven. That was right. the big issue I would have. I'd try to ambush an Ungors, but they're only leader six, so yeah, true. as soon as they show up, then they run right back off the table, and <laughs> there it goes. Yeah, know? and the thing is, on a six, you put them where you want. On a four, they're on the left, your left side edge from where you're playing. On a five, they're on the right. So you only get a one in six chance to put it where you want. Right. So you can't if you, you you can put a huge unit in reserve, but they come on. But it's like you, you can kind of understand... Why they didn't let you put them wherever you want if you pass a leadership test too? Because then you'd be you could put It'd huge be a little blocks too precise. and they could just come right out <laughs> right. the backside. I mean, you couldn't have anything hiding in reserve on your side. Well, I like the it beast because it really captures the essence of kind of the wildness of the beast herd. That that part I like about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also used to have that unruly rule, uh, like the beast herds did. So if you 
I think it was if you failed a leadership test, you had a charge. Um, hmm. You know, back then, you didn't really know, or you knew exactly how far you could charge. So, right. Uh, so you also had to deal with that downside before. So I guess now that they took away the downside, then they made um, the ambush that much worse. Right. Guess, well, what about, I mean, and here was just my idea was, because I could see how you don't want, especially if you're playing, say, dwarfs or someone who's, or elves or someone who, someone who's maybe shooty or sitting on the back. You don't want a unit, you don't want, because if you could pick anywhere you, if you could bring them out anywhere you wanted off a leadership check, why wouldn't you put 40 gore in reserve? Bring them right out, you know, and, and right yeah, in. Yeah. That's, so, that's a good but point. What, what if they had a size limit? Like, like uh, you know, you can put it anywhere you want, but you can't have more than a unit of size of twenty. Yeah, or what if they said, you know, it had to be could only be half as big as the other unit that had to be on the table to make it happen, and yeah, then put it wherever you too. want. That might that might play out at least a little more. It, I think you might see it a little more often at least because it it seems oh, yeah. like a, it seems. I mean, the idea that you know, especially you got some forests on the table and you're mm-hmm. playing, and it's like the beasts are attacking, and suddenly beasts just start showing up on a every angle it fits the bluff so well where it's like oh my god where are they coming from sure i agree with that but sadly in game every time i ever did it i was mostly playing against rogers and his wood elves but he'd just pluck them right off or even his um dogs of war just turn around shoot them and Uh, they can never make a panic check so then there they go i wonder in the age of our playing all the scenarios like uh dawn attack which we played a lot at merry mayhem and sure. um, what's the other one? Uh, blood and glory. Not blood no. and glory. Um, Meeting engagement, where you roll a one and your unit starts off the table. Oh yeah, is that the right one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if those scenarios in conjunction with this might make it a little bit more feasible. I don't know. If, if your opponent's battle line is all messed up to begin with, let's say they have war machines exposed all the way on their left, and you can somehow get a unit of gore. Oh, that, that might I don't be know. cool. If they, yeah, you got something left exposed. Maybe you just take a unit of fifteen or something like that, something small, because you're going to put out a unit of forty gore anyway, or something like that, because you're going to have a horde. Right. You put a yeah. small. You don't have to be the same size. You could put a unit of fifteen, something twenty, small, seven, right. and then they pop out. You know, hey, if these guys, pop, if not, it's not so bad. I mean, a lot of things have to go your way for that to be effective, but you know, I don't it know. The cool. idea of that coming together is to me is it's appealing, even even yeah. if it's not optimal. It could well, be. on the on the plus side, if you play an inexperienced player, they will always react in a really bad way to something right, like that's this. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, then, I have to do something about that. Yeah, yeah they they kind of lose their game at that point and just start turning around and you know moving <laughs> stuff when it's really not that big of a threat or you know or they don't not nearly to the way they react mm-hmm. to it. So um, in that situation, it's nice. But then again, if you're playing a, a player that inexperienced, you know you don't really need that edge. So right. All right, so those are the special rules, pretty much the main special rules. There's a few other that come up that are, you know, character-specific, and we'll hit those when we hit them. But those are the two army-wide rules, the ambush and the... And can you, yeah. do, and can you do that with any... Wait a minute, let me just check. Can you do that with... It's with any unit, right? Oh, they That's have to gores have... and ungores. Oh, they have, I was going to say... Have yeah, a unit of three Minotaur just sitting in the back. Maybe they pop up <laughs> three Minotaur. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> how did, how did even... Gorgon get back there? <laughs> yeah, even the best Gore can't do it, so oh, it's okay. just the weedy uh, Gore and Ungore. All right. Well, you guys want to move on to the lore of the wild then? <laughs> sure. sure. The much feared lore of the wild. 
<laughs> I still think there's a couple of cool things in this in this lore. It's it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a couple of there's a couple of cool things and fluff wise that seem to work. It's just it's so weak compared to the lore of the present Beasts. day magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's start with the uh, the default the, the the spell you could switch out to uh, Bestial Surge. Yeah, goes off on a seven. All friendly units within six inches immediately move D6 plus one, roll separately for each unit, toward the nearest visible enemy unit by the shortest route, applying the usual penalties for whatever. If no enemy is in sight, they move directly forward. They will stop when they come within one inch of another unit. Units that are fleeing are unaffected. So basically, it's like a little mini wah. You throw the spell and everyone jumps forward about six inches. Yeah, well, everybody, only those within six inches, which is a pretty limited it's, range. Yeah, just, um, it is really small. It's, it's, it? it's pretty much the center of your battle line, kind of surging right. forward. Yeah. yeah, you could cover, if you had two units you, you cared about, you could do it. But I don't know. I don't find much use in that. There's there's a few armies that would be helpful against, you know, like people you know you can beat up on pretty well, like mm-hmm. Empire. or Their gun lines. Yeah, any kind of gun line for sure, but... In general, you know, it's better to, I don't know. What, <laughs> Do you want to just... throw your wizard forward right in yeah. the front of everything, move him <laughs> forward with, yeah. with another one, possibly two units? Yeah, you know, if you got the Shard of the Herdstone, this makes those bros run forward too. So. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only way yeah. that I could see it working is, once again, is if you had maybe two hordes in front and a small bunker for your wizard behind them, not the one by the Herdstone, but maybe your, you know, your other guy who's... Your mage so bunker. The, yeah. yeah, your mage bunker. So he's only an inch and a half behind those two units, so he could you know use this to shove them forward, give them that little extra oomph. Sure. And then he's behind them, but it's, you know, it's... Most of these movement spells, they've become just a, you know when you're moving forward a few inches, it can it can it seems like more often than not it can actually put you out of place, than yeah. help you help you line up where you want to line up. You know, one unit could go seven and one could go two, <laughs> and so now your flanks go. exposed. So. Yeah, fantastic. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're onto the main six now, Chris. Uh, Vile Tide. Cast on a 7. Vile Tide is a magic missile with a range of 24 inches. The target unit takes 5d6. Strength 1 hits. Uh, not bad. Taking out War Machines. Maybe. I was pretty stoked about this You know when it first landed, so I tried casting it many a time. And even against Toughness 3, you only ever pull 1 or 2 wounds, because so, you need 6s to wound. Right. So um, it just didn't seem worth it. Yeah, I, there's the rare occasion where you can get a bunch of wounds, in, but it's not like they don't get an armor save or anything, and it's only sixes to wound. So unless, yeah, I think unarmored monsters, you know, yeah, an armor, unarmored giants, that sort of thing. The, there's a, yeah. yeah, it's. Wait, I mean, you can consider combining this. If if this was the default spell, it would be pretty awesome because you could reliably combine this with some Laura Shadow Magic or something to reduce mm-hmm. toughness. Um, you know, you move that right. six down to like a five or a four. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. But as it stands, I don't know. Nope. Try as I might, I couldn't get anything good out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, even in the fluff, the spell calls out the creeping things. You're being attacked by spiders, centipedes, and beetles. It's like, hmm. well, okay. <laughs> I'll, yeah. yeah. Better that so than a regular it, magic missile. At least it shouldn't allow an armor save, but it still does, you know, because those kind of critters can get behind some armor pretty easy. Yeah, well, true. The, and the thing is, usually these really weak spells are things like uh, a steam thing, which would go through armor, or 
a liquid attack, you know, or a poison right. breath that would negate armor. You would think these little things would be only wounding you on six because they're getting through the armor. I would, I actually, I was surprised when I read this. I said, well, why isn't it a no armor save? Because when there's strength one or strength two, it's almost always with no armor save. If it was with no armor right. save, even on the sixes, that would be pretty good. Oh yeah, you you know you, you see got that those, going all the time after five nights or whatever. Yeah. Right. That would, yeah, it would make it semi viable. But yeah. as it stands now, the only thing I can see this really going against is war machines. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly <laughs> worthless against blocked blocked troops. Yeah, no doubt. Kill two from the horde. Who cares? Right, the right. I'm never going to forget your game where it was Lore of the Wild versus Lore of Athel. Yeah, that was awesome. So <laughs> I hear you go, yeah, that one too. And it's like I know you've tried these all, so at least it's like. It's it's just I, I hear your I can hear the pain in your voice when we cover these. Well, you know what? When I was looking at all these spells, to me, Bestial Surge, the first one, was the strongest spell. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> That's pretty weak. I disagree with. And there's one spell in here, which actually two that I kind of like, but okay. we'll get to them. All right. Uh, Devolve, num- spell number two, cast on a nine. All enemy units within twelve inches take a leadership test. If it's failed, they suffer a number of wounds equal to the amount the test was failed by, with no armor save. This one's not bad, but this one. I mean, it's, it's in another, theory, it's good. <laughs> exactly. In theory, yeah. Um, anything with a decent leadership, the worst they could take is one or two wounds. Which, if right. you've got big blocks, so well, what? You know, if you can combine this with Doom and Darkness again, it's, these spells are all about having to combine them with other right. lores to make them effective. Like but if you can do that, I mean, that would be a solid option. Um, you could combine this with. A jabber slith because it has a special ability that does that same thing, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you fly him over, and then somehow you get your wizard. It's so situational, though. If, you, if you're playing a lot of ogres, right. this would probably do all right. Getting a unit, you, getting your wizard within twelve inches again, though. Anytime you got to get that close, you're. Yeah, but you can cast it from combat. So I mean, a, a level four beast wizard, he's pretty survivable, being toughness five, three wounds, and you generally give him a four up ward. So. Um, a spell like this, uh, you probably want to use out on the flank, away from the BSB benefits. Yeah, if your wizard, if your wizard's <laughs> yeah. all the way out on the oh, flank, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's an optimal deployment for you. Exactly. Uh, Maybe against Mornfang because they're usually out on the flanks. If yeah. yeah, and that's once again, like I said, I keep just trying to picture this fluff wise, like picturing the battle happening in my head by the way they tell them in the stories in the fluff part of the book. And you can see these cool things are coming out of the forest. You know, they're running out. They're getting all these cool things off. But then in actual play, it's like, damn, they're so limited. It's like, the, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, once again, against a unit of knights or something, that could be re- – this could work really cool when you've got a unit of four or five things. Yeah, any unit where there's models that cost a lot of points each, you know. Yeah. Except maybe a gut star because right. <laughs> there's so damn many of them anyway. Yeah, anything that's got multiple wounds and it's a little harder, but you know, just taking yeah. a couple of those things off. But it, mm. once again, this was one that I it, it was like, ugh, it could be good. It just it could <laughs> be good. So that's not one of the ones uh, you liked, huh? No, well, I maybe actually, it's I, maybe it's number at least, three. At least this one doesn't allow an armor save. So it's, well, exactly. it's getting a little better. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next one actually is. Kind of. This is one of the two that I kind of liked. Voice scream. Yeah, I just go. Why don't you go ahead and read this? <laughs> okay, cast an ton plus. Choose a friendly character within twelve inches, which may be the shaman himself. The model immediately makes a breath weapon attack. Resolve at strength three with no armor saves allowed. Really? That, you get in close. That breath weapon template's kind of big. You could take out a bunch of. You could take. You could take out a bunch of stuff. Plus, I just like using breath weapons. 
<laughs> I love the breath weapon attacks ever since I had the dwarfs, and I would put that little template out of the front end of the gyrocopter. I've always been partial to that attack. I mean, it is nice in 8th edition in that you don't roll partials, so what you it, hit is what you hit. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, and strength 3, I mean, against, you know, the... the Tough you, 3 knights. Humans, uh, elves, right. you could you could conceivably... This spell goes it's, off and it could do yeah. it. I mean, compared to the other ones, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> Humans or elves, you're going to kill half of them, and that's that's devastating, but... It's so positional, you know, if you're going to cast it on a horde, you're going to want to be in a spot mm-hmm. to cover, you know, 28 models or whatever the heck that thing can cover. Right. So well, that means being right on their side or... Ride them up on a chariot. Yeah. It's awesome. He flies up on a chariot, <laughs> throws right. a breath and then, weapon. And then you lose your level four, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to bet heavy to win heavy. But I guess if your level four is taking Lord of the Wild, you don't really need them that much anyways. <laughs> Gamble a bit. <laughs> oh God! You got Lord of the Wild. Get out there! Now, yeah, you, your chance. Charge in there. Right. <laughs> Prove yourself. Go in there. Go in there and do a brace scream. Right. <laughs> Maybe if you were playing at a higher point game, you could take two of them: one on Lord of the Wild and a level four on a good lore, and then you yeah. could run that guy out and just act crazy with him. It's, that that makes for an exciting battle report if things go well. Right. And if things go horribly, you could be like, "Yep." I figured it would. I tried it anyway. I'm dumb. <laughs> but, uh, it's a good experience. Once in a while, you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I do it actually far more often. Than I like. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> okay, this is the one I like. Traderkin. I like Traderkin. Tell us about Traderkin. Uh, cast on a 10. All enemy models within 12 inches riding a mount of any kind that take a number of hits equal to the attack characteristics of their mount. And at the same strength... Monsters with handlers and creatures that pull chariots are similarly affected. They will hit the handlers and the chariots they pull respectively. The armor save bonuses for being mounted and for barding and the like are not used. This is the one thing that I could see. Yeah, you got your demigriff knights riding in, your Mornfang riding up, and you're just like, boom, Mornfang, attack the ogres with your bajillion attacks. <laughs> they lose the extra armor save from the mount. And they're just killing off their riders. This, yeah, you know, I I complain a lot about not having ways to deal with monsters, but you know, this would affect hydras. This would affect, and I know their um, handlers. They only count as tokens, but mm-hmm. they have wounds. And it's doing wounds to the itself, to the model. Yeah. yeah, this would work great on iron blasters. Yep. Now the downside is it's a twelve inch range, and that's a huge know, downside. That unlike the the core rulebook lores, you can't really boost any of these spells, mm-hmm. right? So that's you know, let us get some range to make it useful. At least eighteen. I totally yeah. forgot about that as I was reading this. Going well, where's the boosted one? I'm like, oh damn, that's right, right? Because <laughs> if it's twelve inches, you cast the spell. Chances are, next turn you're getting charged by. I mean, it cast on a ten. I can see it going to eighteen and costing fifteen or sixteen points, and then suddenly. I mean, because seriously, could you picture a bus of Bretonian knights coming at you with their beautiful one-up armor save? Suddenly, it's yeah. a three-up getting attacks from from their little strength four horses, so they get a four-up armor save. You only <laughs> knock out half of them, but I'll take whatever I can get when I'm getting attacked by a bus of those guys. But yeah. especially think, the monstrous oh, calf. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But like I said, demigriffs and, and Mornfang yeah. be number one because right. they're doing four attacks each, and they're getting minus two, you know, minus two uh, armor save because they're thick-skinned and they're mounted. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dang solid, you know. Yeah. So yeah, what I mean, what does the actual rider have as an armor save? Doesn't he have just like light armor and an iron fist, maybe, 
or is it heavy armor and iron fist? I mean, at best, without the mount, he's got a four-up armor save, at best. And those things are hitting him at strength five. Strength five, I think. So he's got a six. Oh, he's, yeah, at they're At best, he's got a six-up armor save or no armor save. Yeah, that and, that's <laughs> pretty solid there. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's the range that kills it, you know? Yeah, it that's is. Because if you don't kill them all or you don't do serious damage, you're getting charged by more infected. That's, <laughs> <wrong. laughs> that's not good. Come on, <laughs> Gory. Come on, Gory. Get in that chariot. Go over there. <laughs> do your brace scream now. Get that trader kin off. Get the trader kin, and whoever's left, brace scream them. <laughs> yeah, if you, you know, if you took a wizard on a flying carpet, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. get that bro wherever he needs to be. <laughs> exactly. He flies behind him so they can't charge him the next turn. He throws off the trader kin. The Mornfang drop dead, and your ogre player is just staring at you, going, "You son of a gun!" That's power gaming right there. <laughs> that is. That's betting heavy to win heavy. There you that's go. exactly what that is. If, yeah, ogres deserve that. So <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> no guilt. <laughs> the only thing you do is when you do that, then that other unit of Mornfang that's right next to him, they charge right. the shot right. and say, "Now nah, we're going to get you before you get us." <laughs> this is assuming your dude survives all the uh, iron blaster shots coming in. <laughs> Yeah, you better focus on them first. Yeah, with yeah this no doubt. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to take Mantle? Mantle Chris? of Gorok. Cast on 13. Choose a friendly character within six inches. Can be the shaman himself. The model gains plus D6 strength and attacks. So that's two separate rolls, both to a maximum of 10, until the end of the following player's turn. Additionally, if one or more sixes are rolled, the model also suffers a wound with no saves of any kind. <laughs> so that last sentence ugh. completely yeah. kills it. Yeah, it's plus D6, but don't roll sixes. Especially if you roll two sixes. Then he's oh, yeah. then your guy is probably yeah. dead. Especially because yeah, it didn't help his toughness any. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so when they start swinging back, they're going to smoke him quick. But, you know, this spell is similar to, I think there's a lore of uh, Beast spell that gives you, like, plus three mm-hmm. attacks and plus three strength. And I've had people use that against me, and it'll turn, you know, like a BSB Wargor into a pretty, pretty ass kicking guy. guy. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't think of a non curse word there. <laughs> no, you can say that on the show. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> but, say that uh, all the time. But when people do that, you know, it can swing a combat, and that's huge when you know, Beastmen generally, Leader 7, even Leader 9, you start losing by a few points. You're going you're to be sweating it. Don't, uh, don't the orcs have something like that? Don't you? Fists of Gork, yeah. You get yeah. plus three attacks, plus three strengths. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah McClure did that to me uh, last tournament, actually. Oh, that's yeah. Sneak. <laughs> yeah. That, that spell, the Orc one, is remains in play, so a sneaky player will cast that early when it doesn't matter and uh. just leave it. And then when you hit in combat, it's it's, oh, you... it's all of a sudden it's there. Yeah, you're casting. Oh, that's right. He's way back there, plus three things. You're just moving him and just sliding the card. Right. Keeping your mouth shut. If you put the card out there. you know, Some oh, players play it differently. So. Yeah, that's true. Now, this spell, it could be pretty solid because you can cast it on any friendly character. So you hit a Doom Bowl with this thing. Ooh. He just went from one bad mf or to, like, <laughs> completely... Well, I guess it, it caps it at 10, unfortunately. But, but the so 10 if, you know, attacks, already, 10 strength. He, yeah, because he builds up attacks over the game. So if he's already built up a few attacks, you don't even need to cast this on him, I oh, guess. Man, that'd but be brutal. Still, yeah, it could be pretty solid. Yeah, but if you're doing 10 attacks at strength 10... <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking a, and you know the nice thing about that though is if he's already up at say seven and he's at strength yeah. whatever you can roll a three or a four you don't even need to get close to the six and you're maxing out at ten that's yeah. that could be kind of sick but all right so let, let's talk about the fact that it's only a six inch range then <laughs> yeah yet <laughs> another mad yeah. story of my life <laughs> yeah. what? Oh, wow <laughs> so 
<laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Stand topic, White Tech. I'm telling you, all of these work good for the guy on the magic carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think we cracked the code, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Gorvinci code, and we, we yeah, cracked it's the it. secret. You're going to be running tournaments now, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to start building my Beastman army. Forget. Uh, I'm going to finish up my. I'm not going back to dwarves. I'm going to beasts. Uh, you should just probably keep keep building more zombies, bro. Because I don't think you can ever have enough. Of I got two hundred and ten. <laughs> I got <laughs> enough. Oh, jeez. I got Every time enough. I hear a report from you, it's about how many zombies you've been. Yeah, I, I painted a hundred. Uh, I primed two hundred fifty. Oh no, I'm done. I got those forty extras, <laughs> but I haven't filled them. I got them with that uh, Kickstarter, and if I decide to build them, I'll have two fifty. <laughs> I haven't even take cut them off the sprue. I just I actually hit them. I put them somewhere in with Jeez. the other sprues and said I don't want to look at them. Well, Johnny, can you tell us about the last spell, Savage Dominion? Yeah, this spell once again seems pretty great. Um, so I'll it just start off read it. pretty great. Yeah, you can summon one of the following beasts: Jabbersloth, <laughs> Giant, or Gorgon, and then immediately place the model representing him on the table. Uh, with his base touching any table edge, he's effectively part of the Beast Man army from that moment on. So while the sh- shaman controls the beast, and here's where it gets really bad, yeah. he may not cast or dispel any spells or make attacks in close combat. And then every time the beast suffers a wound, the shaman that summoned him must take a toughness test. And then if the toughness test has failed, the shaman takes a wound with no saves of any kind allowed. Wow. So that's pretty bad. And then if the shaman should die, which he's likely to because he's been taking all these toughness right. tests, um, then the beast wanders back um, and is gone from the game. Um, I don't believe this guy – no, it says it right there. He No, it doesn't say it. But he doesn't count for victory points, which is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then – so once it's in play, it can't be dispelled. Or also the shaman who casts it cannot voluntarily end it. Which is also pretty awful. You so this, you put this thing on the table. You're all in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, you have to be in some kind of dire straits to do it. Because if you're going to give up, assuming you took a level four, right. but I mean that's not necessarily true. If you could guarantee getting the spell on a level two, that might be all right. Because you could just hide them off in the back somewhere and have this jabbersloth mm-hmm. flapping around causing trouble. But but the thing is, um, if that monster starts taking wounds. Your your lord is only going to have three wounds before he pops. Right, but it is a toughness test, and the lord True. level base shaman is tough five, so you're only failing on a six. Is the hero level shaman tough four? Yeah, he's tough four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's just... <laughs> this one's so close to being a good spell. Yeah. I still... It's... I like Traderkin. I do. And I love throwing a down a, a breath weapon, but the rest <laughs> of this is just like... Ugh. And could you picture... You pick up the dice... You roll for your four spells on your second level four because you want this and something good, and you roll a one, <laughs> two, five, six, <laughs> and then you just start cursing my name because I'm the one who gave you the idea. You're like, I'm going to find White Tech. I'm going to kick him in the ding ding. Forget this. <laughs> yeah, it's ah, uh, I don't know. I, I wish know. it would work. I wish you could boost these spells for range. At least you'd have a few more options. Right. But Not you know, they that. built this book. With eighth edition in mind, but I guess fully not or not fully knowing what eighth edition was going to be about, so it doesn't feel like, like it. Stuck it in the middle. Yeah. Well, maybe you know. Uh, here's what I'm thinking: is probably right before you know. You, you know, the rumors are we're going to get some high elves and demons and maybe some dwarfs this year or next year, 2013. So 2014, 
I mean, it's not like they have any other armies they really need to do. We'll probably get like lizards and beastmen and dark elves, probably is my guess. And then, because, uh, you know, we don't really need to do a Bretonian or Wood Elf book. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and think of that, that. That's the tweak. See, this is this is like the, the you'll get the new book and that'll have the tweaks. And then it'll be right. then the, these the spells will be awesome. This is the, tw- the tweaking report. So GW, if you're listening. <laughs> or dude, who notes. knows? You might get a white dwarf in six months that has totally tweaked the, the magic lore and, uh, oh, and yeah. adjusted it. That would I just I want this lore to be so good. The ideas of these spells are so cool. <laughs> just, I agree. It's it's very fitting for the army and and everything. It just it's so in-game. underwhelming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all in all, you're not taking this. Unless you're playing <laughs> a big enough game where you can have a couple of level fours and you feel like throwing one away and just playing for uh, fluff. Yeah. Even or, then, I'm not taking this. So. <laughs> I would do if, it on a if, challenge, but I went to bits with a coven throne, so what do I know? Yeah, if if there was some kind of challenge, I might try it with the flying carpet like we described just to see if you could make it work. But, I mean, you you're giving it. up lores that you know work and right. work well to take something like this. So. You heard it, Raj. Challenge him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's the lore. For in all its glory, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, time for a break. And when we come back, we will hit Lords and Heroes. Sound good? Yeah. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Welcome back to your tools. We're continuing on with our Beastman review with guest host Johnny Hastings. I'm a real tool, you know? <laughs> so now we're on to Lords and Heroes. Yeah. So let's see. Shall we start with the Beast Lords? Leaders of the Raucous Host. Is that how you say that? Yeah, the Raucous Hosts. <laughs> so, Johnny, when you build your list, do you usually go with a Fighty Lord or do you go with the, the level 4 Shaman? As your general. Generally, I go with the Beast Lord for the leadership because you can get the Leader 10 in the Bastigore mm-hmm. with the Banner of Discipline. The Ooh. last tournament, Merry Mayhem, I just took the Great Bray Shaman, though, um, dropped mm-hmm. the Beast Lord, and worked out pretty well. I never had any leadership issues, so 
um, I'm considering that for the future. He's leader eight, right? So the plus one makes him a nine. The beast right. lord is leader nine. Well, yeah, yeah, but the, but the level four. Oh, the level four is leader eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to orc leadership. <laughs> <laughs> so the war gore is the hero level, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so their fluff is kind of combined here. I want to. I want. I love reading. I love reading beastmen fluff because mm-hmm. it's just. It's, <laughs> here we go. Allow me for a moment. <laughs> Wargors are the leaders of the war horde, but they give no regard to the concern of their tribe. They care not how their underlings are fed or how disputes are settled. The only thing the wargors concern themselves with is battle. Day and night they brood and plot the myriad ways they'll enact their race's hatred of man, the violence they'll wreak upon his flesh, and the defilement they'll heap upon his temples. The greatest <laughs> of wargors may rise still further, dominating not only their own war hordes, but those of other chieftains too. Such an individual is known as a beast lord, and he will be possessed of a singular apocalyptic vision consumed by utter hatred for man and all his works. He will be counseled by the greatest of brave shamans who see him, who see in him the will of the dark gods embodied. It's these beast lords that gather the tribes and make constant war upon mankind. It's that means just, that my heart has been stirred. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's your heart. Okay. Wow. So. <laughs> it's either that or the PBR. Or <laughs> now, uh, okay, Beast Lords do have the Primal Fury, and they have a special rule, Man Bane. Uh, uh, Wargors have this, too. And the Wargors have it, too. When fighting against any unit from the Empire or Bretonian Army book, the Beast Lord... Or Wargor's unit, and any friendly unit in the same combat gets to re-roll their Primal Fury test. Yeah, moot point, because yeah. you always because have you... the BSB there. <laughs> and, you know, you said that they wrote this book with Eighth in mind. Well, they didn't anticipate the BSB effect eclipsing this special rule. Brian Steele yeah, said this to me. Call. Brian Steele said this to me when he was on the show once because you know he writes a lot of stuff for games. He does a lot of game design stuff yeah. too with one of his jobs. And he goes, "No game survives the players. You could play it, you could test it, you could think you've got everything figured out. I mean, I'm just wondering if they realized that everyone was going to just say, "I'm taking the." The crown and sticking them right next to the BSB in the unit, you <laughs> right, know, right. with the banner. I mean, it just becomes, you know, that sort of thing. You know, maybe maybe they pictured him riding him out on a side unit or a separate unit. I mean, it's it's helpful if you're not by the BSB or if someone cacks the BSB. Yeah, it's helpful sure. to have those re rolls because you never want to miss your primal fury. Am I right about that, Johnny? You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hmm. So what do you think? You take you, you said you take the beast lords quite a bit. Um, they got yeah, impressive well, stats. One, you know, one thing about the lords for the beasts, there's so much variety because you know you have the beast lord, or you can go magic, or you can go doom bowl and just do something totally different. Um, but as far as reliability, beast lord's the way to go. Now he's uh, he's got a weapon skill of six, strength and toughness five, initiative five, three wounds, four attacks. He is leadership nine. Um, and he's only I mean, basically the war gore. The difference between the beast lord and the war gore is the only difference is the beast lord's weapon skill, strength, wounds initiative. I mean, basically six of his stats are one higher than right. than the war gore for sixty points. Sixty uh, points, sure. You know, so it's like ten points a pip mm-hmm. there. But he, I mean, especially with the leadership nine, it seems pretty useful. Plus, he can have a lot more of the magic items. 
So speaking of magic items, how do you usually kit out your beast lord? Yep. Generally, it's like default crown of command, and then after that, it just depends. Usually, I'd say nine times out of ten, I'll take a sword of might to get the strength six. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I might take an opal amulet, or I might take either a charm shield or an enchanted shield. Uh-huh. Those are the only items I ever really take on him. Um, and it just depends on the tournament size. A lot of the time, I don't take the opal amulet. amulet. Um, but it's actually cheaper to take one of those magical uh, shields. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, it's two. It's only two points more to take one of those magical shields than it is to take a standard shield. So, right, yeah, it's that's almost, almost a no-brainer. A no-brainer yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you kid him out at least with the heavy armor. Yeah, you give him heavy armor. Uh, he's never very survivable, though. You take Enchanted Shield, you'll end up with a 3-plus save, mm-hmm. which has, never seems to make a difference. It, <laughs> so that's why you always go Charm Shield. But. His army does seem to be just, like, all attack. I mean, it fits the thing. They, the, the Bray scream, the, yeah, and then the, flying into combat. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it makes sense, though. Some of the stuff you read, in even in the fluff, talks about how they don't, they don't make any armor. They just, whatever they kill, if it's got something worth taking, they take they it. They it. make nothing of their own. Yeah. So, Although, if you look at all the artwork in here, like on the Beast Lord of the Doombull pages, they're wearing some pretty sweet-looking armor that looks like it was made for them. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the customized. artists were talking to the fluff writers there. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, though, it looks pretty cool. But, yeah, yeah they, they're more about dishing it out, and they have little ability to take it other than the fact that they have high toughness because the beast lord and the wargo are both toughness five so yeah toughness five is definitely good oh yeah <laughs> uh moving on to the next choice doom bulls have you ever taken a doom bull lord i have not but i'm currently building one so i will be taking one before too long here <laughs> nice now they've got uh they have two special rules uh blood greed and Slaughterer's Call. In addition to Fear and Frenzy. Fear and Frenzy. Now, Slaughterer's Call, uh, any units accompanied by a Frenzy, Doomble, or Gorble gets Frenzy, but not Primal Fury. Yeah, see, this is why, because if you didn't lose the Primal Fury, I had this excellent plan to stick this guy in with a horde of Ungor, like front and center, mm-hmm. and just run around smoking people. Um, this guy, along with a... You could take the BSB that's also a Minotaur. You could take the plus one strength banner. So you put those two bros in with a big horde of Ungors and just run around and yeah, smash really. things. But since you lose the Primal Fury, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's weird. The Minotaurs and the Bulls, none of them have Primal Fury. They seem to be the one, the one type of yeah. beast that doesn't have it. That's really unfortunate, but of course, yeah. I mean, they gave them, they gave them really good stats, and apparently, this this book it reminds me in ways a little bit, and I'm not saying exactly, but of the old ogre book, where it's like, oh, this could be really cool. Oh, you took that one thing out that would make it yeah, cool. Oh, this right. could be. What did you guys call it on your show? The old ogre book, full the of pointless limitations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it yeah. does have impact hits. It gets a stomp, strength six. The thing about the Minotaurs in general, and it applies to the Doom Bowl, um, yeah, and the what the heck's the other one, the Gore Bowl as well. They they're high points for what they do, and that I think that high points has to be based on their stat line because that's they all have really solid mm-hmm. stat lines minus the leadership. Um, but like Blood Greed is a terrible rule; you only overrun or pursue one d six. But then it's uh, also got it's it's another one. It's just like all the spells that start off really cool. 
And yeah. then at the end, <laughs> they kick you in the dinghy. Because Blood Greed's also got, I mean, every, what is it? The more victims they, of a model with Blood Greed is on the winning side of a round of combat, it immediately gets frenzied. If it's you already, win a round of combat, you get an extra attack. And the first time, you'll get frenzy. Which gives you an extra attack. And then if you're already frenzied, right, right. you keep getting an extra attack. As long as you keep winning combats, these guys are suddenly got stupid amount of attacks. Uh, yeah. Except they only get to overrun D6. Yeah, you're never going to catch anything. Well, you right. don't even you're... have to, though, because you've got... I mean, you're still you're getting the extra attacks. You may not catch them, but on the next, you get you'll still be charging into whatever you can see. I'm not saying you don't. I mean, I'd rather run down my enemies. I'm not stupid, <laughs> but uh, it's like you're still getting all these extra attacks. It almost <laughs> I charge in, I kill a bunch of stuff. If I don't run it down, I'm just looking around on my next turn to see what I can attack next with all my extra attacks. As long as you can keep the thing is, if you've broken a unit and you you know search for d6 inches. On their turn, they can stick a piece of chaff in front of this guy and tie him up yeah. again. That's the thing. <laughs> that is true. And they can do that on their turn. And then if you charge that on your turn, now there you're you at go, seven you attacks. Again. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> to, kill some, to kill like a fast cav unit if or something. If there's a way, but if, I mean, yes. And there, there are ways. Um, well, listen, we're both telling Johnny how to play his, how to play his army. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, once again, it seems so damn cool. I mean, I was expecting to see all Minotaur armies after reading this stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, my I God. Mean, he's, his stat line is a beast. And, and, actually, and, if they, oh yeah. and if they don't break and run, if you get an army, you're going up against some ogres or something where you win only by, say, one or two. Now you're, it's friend, now you're frenzied. So you got six attacks. Next one, you're seven well, attacks. It's right. These characters, they start out frenzied, which is a double-edged sword. So right. you're low leadership and you're frenzied. Yeah. Um, so you, I mean, you're really opening the door to end up in a bad situation right. <laughs> The way the game's evolved, everybody's got so much chaff, and you, mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to deal with it, or they're not going to have to deal with your Minotaur because they blocked you up all game. Right. So, I have um, seen people. I, I think this is an option on this guy where you could put him on the carpet. Have you? Seen yeah, that? you can do that. <laughs> you can get him out pretty awesome, and that's kind of the way that I'm going to go for it. You um, make it so you can reroll his attacks with the ASF sword. Um, and you can boost his initiative with one of the chaos gifts. Mm. Uh, then you put him on the on the flying carpet, and you give him um, ah shoot somewhere I got it written down here. But it ends up being just a total killing machine. Um, but now certainly there's some finesse to using him because he's still right. frenzied. He's still got lower leadership, and yeah. you know you don't want him charging into a, a horde or something unless you're desperate. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. But yeah, he, this guy could certainly put on the hood. Put on the hurt. Yeah, if he's on the carpet, does he still get his stomp? Yeah, and and once he gets into combat, huh. why wouldn't he? Yeah, it just, I mean, it's so a weird visual. But well, okay. it's, well, picture how the flying rules. It's always says they work. You start from taking. Yeah, it's, it's like you're like jumping. You're like the Hulk. You're, like you're not really flying. Yeah. You kind of just go up in the air, around, and get to your next spot. You landed. So. Yeah, it gets D three impact hits too. So the yeah. characters do, <laughs> which doesn't hurt when he's strength six. Right. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's once again, every, it's got all the pieces. You look at it, and it, man, it looks it looks tasty. It's just you know, it, ugh. it's it's now, frustrating. I think it's viable if you if you took the flying one and combined them with, you know, the only way I can conceive that some of the monsters work, like the gorgons, um, is to take them in concert. So you take two of those mm-hmm. plus a flying doomble. Now, how are you going to deal with all that? That's that's a lot of fightiness coming right up in, in someone's face. Yeah, so. that's that's actually what uh, Kevin Bruins ran at Screw City. Double Gorgon, this guy, right. 
I think he only he's had been, one block of infantry. Yeah, he's been rocking that for a while. I'm pretty sure he had it that way at Mary Mayhem um, and North Star, in fact. Assuming you can pull two of those in North Star, I'm yeah. not sure points wise, but yeah, he's been he's been doing that as much as he can, and nice he's been doing well. Lift. The dude yeah. comes like top five every tournament. So, well, not only could, that, but it's not what people are expecting to see. And when you can bring right. something people aren't <laughs> expecting, they aren't. Not only it's a, I don't know how to deal with this, and then b, if I can catch you a little off guard and make you nervous, you might make mistakes. Right, right. So I like that approach. Overwhelm them with monsters and, and hitty units and. Yeah, see yeah, it gets it, through. Yeah. It clearly works because Kevin's doing well. So oh, yeah. and you need a ton of chaff to make it work too. But yeah, which he had. Yeah, he's the chaff oh, yeah. master. <laughs> Everybody's a chaff master now. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's funny, uh, Grant, handsome man, Grant Fetter. You know, we all play like chaff heavy armies. He played some guy down at the bunker a couple weeks ago, and yeah. this dude's army was uh, it was warriors. It was two hordes, I think, of 40, <laughs> 40 guys yeah. and like a war shrine. And I think that was it, and a hell cannon or something ridiculous like that. That was it. And yeah. and what? How did he do? What happened? Oh, I think he smoked that guy. Yeah, <laughs> threw some stuff in the way, made him. Yeah, he yeah baited, baited one unit and focused on the others. Oh, the, yeah, a no yeah. chaff army there. Anyway, all right. So then we get to the great Bray Shaman for two hundred and thirty-five points. He's a level four. I mean, I can't see it. You're not leaving him at a level three, are you? Nah, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 235 points, your basic, uh, once again, and all of these guys, well, the Beast Lord and the Bray Shaman could be on Tuscor and Razor Gore chariots, but as you pointed out, <laughs> then they die. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, cannonball. Um, you know, strength four, toughness five, three wounds, four initiative, two attacks, leadership yep. eight. It doesn't completely suck. You can actually give this guy additional hand weapon, which I always do, just to get three attacks out of him. And if the Primal Fury works, he's getting four. Uh, yeah, if you go frenzied on that, it does, sure. Right. So, I mean, people don't expect a toughness five wizard with three attacks coming at him. Weapon skill five is solid for a wizard as well. So, yeah. I mean, he's fighty for, for what he is. <laughs> when you get that Bray Staff up against the side of your favorite head, you know. I <laughs> <Right>. usually <laughs> give this guy the four board, is that right? Yeah, I yeah. give him that every single game because a large part of the game I play with Beastmen is a heavy magic build. If this right. guy dies, I'm going to lose. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we've kind of covered the three. Uh, unless you have something else you want to add about the uh, about the, the Great Bray Shaman. Anything special about your kit other than the... No. Um, straight up, most of the time... I actually have my most current list here for 2,400 points. Um, a lot of times I throw five-point items around like crazy, so he ends up with the four-plus ward save and then an iron curse icon hmm. uh, to give his unit six-up ward save against war machines. Okay. But other than that, I, I try to keep these characters cheap, as cheap as possible uh, just because I like to pack the beastmen. So. Right, get more units on the board. It's it's uh, hard to resist uh, loading up that, that character or two with tons of stuff. I've tried a lot of the. I don't know if we're going to talk about the magic items or not, but I've tried yeah. several of them. Uh, so when we get to that, I'll, I'll speak to it. Okay, um, cool. Oh yeah, this is a garage hammer review. We're not <laughs> right. get comfortable. We're not skipping anything. You ain't going no place. All so. right, I'm going to have to get another six pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's see what do we got next. Um, well, that's that's Lords. How would you rank them? I mean, if you had to rank them one, two, three, by how much you like them and how much you you use them, what would you give them? 
In usability, I would say Great Bray and then Beast Lord and then Doom Bowl. But I don't have much Doom Bowl experience yet, so give me six months of playing with the Doom Bowl build, and then <laughs> that might change. And you, after you're building your Doom Bowl now, you said. Yeah. So after about four months and you have him painted and ready to play with him. <laughs> four months is, it'd probably take me longer than that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> maybe maybe for bits? Paint. Well, I was hoping I'd have my Ogre Army done for bits, but that was before I realized I needed 11 models, not six. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm working on it every day. Yeah, that's where I realized the way I paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. The, I'm the not more bringing the... I, unit that's not going to win me best painted <laughs> the more i do this stuff the more crazy i get about it and then the less i can compromise it's a vicious cycle but <laughs> that's kind of why i'm in the hobby is to build and paint stuff and to hang out with people it's really not about you know, trying to win you know best overall or you know sure. winning tournaments like that because i just don't feel like that's going to happen fortunately i've been playing this army so long you know, you forrest gump your way into right. being good at it just because <laughs> You've been doing it so long, so another man after my own heart. I ain't planning on winning <laughs> this. I'm planning on playing and and hanging out and 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 getting better at painting. Let me ask you something from the, a tournament perspective. Do you tend to use the same lists multiple times, or do you do you mix it up and change it a lot? I do, but only because I'm generally constrained by the models that I have painted. So okay, yeah, and when it takes you two or three months to do one unit. You you just get stuck where this is what I have, and I really you know I've been playing the Magic Heavy build pretty steady for a long time, mm-hmm. and since I've been doing it, I, you know I've either included a unit of eight Minotaur or a unit of ten to twelve Senegor, and those are just a really bad choice right now. Mm-hmm. But I just keep sticking them in because that's all I have painted, and I'm sure. not about to do another unit of Bestigor. Um So you know I think I could have done a lot a lot better over the years had I done that, but. You just need more Minotaur, 18 of them. Go Horde. Oh, jeez. I, I probably have that many painted now since I've been doing nothing but working on Minotaurs for the Bull Ogre Army, but turns out Going when on. we get to Minotaur, <laughs> you know, you're on that. <laughs> well, I think that actually um, improves your play if you're using the same list over and over again. That probably oh, is better for you in the long run. I mean, you know exactly how every little bit of it's going to perform. Mm-hmm. My latest list, I finally dropped the Senegor, um and and the Minotaur, so I don't have either, but I did add like some solo Razor Gore and I added a Razor Gore chariot. And the one game I've had with it, it performs so much better. Those those four units instead of one big unit that's a real point sink just made a world of difference. So I'm kind of excited to play it again. Nice. It's like a whole new army. And in fact we got a Warhammer weekend. Coenzie's coming up to get some games with us this weekend, so Nice. Oh I thought I saw some Twitter action on that. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Twitter action, do you see what uh, the do you see what uh, Chris from the Black Sun said about your episode recently? Like within the Ooh. last hour or two? No, what's this? Is he talking trash on me? No, episode seventy three of Point Hammered is probably the best podcast episode ever. Bit after outro is amazing. <laughs> you sick, twisted f. She sounds English. <laughs> Raj, Raj was one hundred percent convinced that she was Australian, but I was unsure. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. That yeah, uh, nice. I you saw know, that as I was looking. When we did that, and even when I was editing it, I was just shaking my head like I can't do, I can't put this out there. But you put it, it was done, end. so I went with it's it. The Easter egg. You put it at the end. Yeah. Turns Anything, out, yeah, it's fun. Everybody liked that. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a really good episode. Uh, 
the, the drunken entertainment aside, even the tactical discussion I thought was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I purposely prepared a bunch of topics because I knew we were going to get into kind of a drunk lull. <laughs> but Rogers just was having none of it. He just wanted to. <laughs> he, he gets difficult to deal with when he's drunk, but it's entertaining. So. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so should we yeah. talk uh, heroes? Yeah, let's get to heroes. Um, Orgor, we pretty much talked well, about. Yeah. We, we've kind of talked about all of them because this is. The, I don't. I don't remember seeing it like this on almost any army. They they are kitted out with the exact same stuff with the exact same special rules. It's just yeah. that <laughs> they're one lower in weapon skill, strength, toughness. Wounds, wounds or not toughness, uh, except for the uh, the Bray the, Shaman the is one less uh, toughness. But it's their weapon skill, strength, wounds, initiative, attacks, and leadership are all down by one. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's the exact it's the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> They're just cheaper. Uh, it's sixty points cheaper for a war gore, ninety five points cheaper for a gorbull, hundred twenty five points cheaper for a Bray Shaman. But I was just looking this over, going, I don't. I mean, they usually have either a, a, a different basic kit. They might have a different, you know, armor mm-hmm. or a different something or other. And uh, this doesn't. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. It's crazy. Yes. Whoever wrote this was a lazy bro, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> a beast is a beast. Yeah. turns out cut from the same cloth, my man. Right. Give me one second. Hold on one second here. Was he even farting or something? No, he's, he's talking to one of his kids about something. Yeah. I like the whole Are we going to get the Phoenix Prince on this episode or what, buddy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think he hasn't been on in quite a while. Yeah, I noticed. He's upstairs doing something. About that. What was the question? Who has Phoenix been on? Prince, is he going to be on soon? Yeah, he would have been on tonight, except he's taking the ACT tomorrow, so he actually just went to Ouch. bed. So That's a fun Saturday. So you guys... We could talk about like common hero builds if you, if you'd like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. Who we takes what that. regularly? Okay, so um, we'll do that and then we'll cover core. Well, if I like I said before, go magic heavy. So I'm usually rocking two level ones. Um, nah, you can mix up the lores, but I usually take one on shadow and one on beasts. And then in terms of equipment, my latest build, you got to give one of those dudes a shard of the herdstone because that's how you get heavy magic. Not guaranteed, but virtually guaranteed. Um, and then I started giving the other guy Dispel Scroll and a Ruby Ring of Ruin. Uh, Ruby Ring is to help deal with chaff since everybody's so chaff-heavy these right. days. <laughs> oh, so they're um, trying to bring their chaff across the table to attack your two little shamans, or one of the two. Well, I think it's more to clear charge lanes for your, yeah. for your hordes to oh, get you in. And, well, I was just that's thinking, the big issue. You know, the, if, especially if the one other guy put out the herdstone, he's naked. So yeah. if I can get to him, I can get to him. So you want to have something that that little five harpies or those those few little. Oh, I see. What you're saying. you're saying use that to 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 protect your guys against. I'll typically start turn one just hitting any chaff that's within range and seems killable. Harpies are an excellent option. Mm-hmm. I've been playing against Rogers' demon, and that fireball is almost worthless because they never run away. They're hard to kill. Um, <laughs> but. And it's just there as one more option. Plus, you always end up with a decent amount of magic dice, and this is something you can generally try to cast on one die. Right. Um, so then the other character, you go with a Wargore, a battle standard bearer, 
And he's, I mean, you can give him heavy armor and shield. Um, and then typically I'll take the beast banner, which is the plus one strength banner. And that is, I think that's the most common way people rock it. But it'll make your gore just plus one strength to him and his unit. So it'll make your gore strength four instead of strength three, which is huge. Right. Especially when you're yeah. dishing out so many attacks. Um, and you can also still give him a chaos gift, even though he took the magic banner. So... Uh, I generally go gnarled hide because that combined with the armor, you can get him a two-up armor save. Nice. So yeah. it's pretty solid. That is pretty good. If you can get that uh, wild form spell off on the one-level one you mentioned, that would yeah. be great for that unit. Yeah, that makes the gore just, I mean, unbelievably good. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, yeah. They're strength five, tough five at that point. They just rock people's world. Yeah, and ho- hoarded up with the primal yeah. fury. Oh, that's brutal. Full horde is dishing out 41 attacks. Um, subtract two, but then add BSB's attacks back in. So it's super solid. Yeah, that's really good. Two attacks, re-rolling hits. Yeah, 41 attacks. You roll yeah. the double ones, they're rolling out 51 attacks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that is just stupid. That's like, ugh, you know, that's like when I'm playing against you and your damn horde of savage orcs. That's what I was going to ask you. I noticed you were playing McClure at Merry Mayhem. If you rock up a, a, a horde of gore with all that stuff that we just mentioned against a horde of savages... Which, yeah, I've fought McClure twice at the last two tournaments, North Star uh, and Mary Mayhem, and both times, well, one time I couldn't keep the horde of Savage Orcs out of combat, but both times I made it my goal not to fight that unit. Uh, okay. They just dish it out too bad, and they actually get a save. The Gore don't get any save. Um, What's the initiative on a, on a Savage Orc? a two. So at least the Gore get no attack first. They're initiative three. Yeah, That's Tom true. was taken. I want to say it was fifty. He had more yeah, he had uh, Savage Orcs than I had Gore, and I had thirty-eight Gore plus a character. So uh, it was scary. Uh, at Northstar, I was able to just miasma him every turn. I miasmed him unless he failed animosity, which he did once or twice. Yeah. So he barely made it halfway across the table. Oh, jeez! But the goal is just don't fight that unit. So right. you, yeah, no kind of sucks to. You're playing for a draw because he has to keep his whole battle line back at that point. Right. Um, but that's the way it is. You just kind of try and lure out his other unit to fail a frenzy a frenzy mm-hmm. charge check while you keep that one unit from moving. So, but if that unit gets into you, it's going to wreck Gore. That's trouble. Yeah. yeah, they just have too many attacks. I think they're rocking three each with the frenzy. Three each. Yeah. Strength five mm-hmm. first round of combat. Because yep. of the choppa and uh, biggins, so. Yeah, I think it's the war better that really uh, tips it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you run in uh, one lord and three heroes normally, two shamans yeah. and a gore, a war gore. Yeah, that's correct. Yeesh. Three heroes. Yeah, I I played you that one time, and you had. I mean, it was a really good comment, especially because, I mean, I don't get an opportunity to play against beast players. I know Ryan has beast, but I never get to play Ryan against Noble, our, yeah, Ryan our Noble. local guy. I never get to play against him, so I remember even after hearing after Adepticon when you were talking about our game, you're like, "Yeah, White Tech rocks up." Says I've never played Beast before, so I was like, "Sure." I'm like, "Okay," shoving them gore <laughs> forward. I'm like, "Oh, you dick!" <laughs> I was just about to say that that happened to me at uh, at Northstar and at Merry Mayhem, where that's one of the first things the guy says to me, and I, you know, I just start like. Tapping my fingertips together because it's going to be good. <laughs> if you don't know what Beastman can do, you're in for a surprise. Because right. <laughs> so. on paper, honestly, there's a lot of gore and it's kind of cool. But you look at the stats and you're like, okay, these guys aren't so bad. I can handle this. 
And they're like, wait, how are they strength four? Right. Did yeah. they get to re-roll every turn? Right. Yeah, yeah, every turn. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and by that time, they're taking their guys off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by that time, they're, they're done. So <laughs> that's just that's kind of awesome. All right. And so you don't you don't gorble too terribly often at all? Or is no. that one of those li- where you build a list around that and the doom bull? I, I have a Minotaur build. Uh, for when I get the flying Doom Bull done. So I'm going to try a list with a Doom Bull and a Gore Bull and a couple of big blocks of Minotaur. And I have tried this guy in the past, but you know you have to stick them in with the Minotaur because you don't want to put them anywhere else or they're going to lose their Primal Fury. And you certainly can't put them on his own or he's going to get shot by a cannon right. or whatever. Um, so uh, Minotaur just aren't a good option. And... Uh, they're more of a liability than anything. It's so. another thing that, in theory, is really good. On paper, looks really cool. Yeah, like I said, when I get the flying Doom Bull done, I am going to try this Minotaur build a few times, and I plan on taking it to a tournament. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't see expect too much out of it. Yeah. All right. Well, did you guys want to move on to core? Sure. Sure. All right. Well, um, you want to just go down the the list? Start with the gore. Sure. Okay. So. We got your gore. Um, seven points a model. Weapon skill four. Strength three. Toughness four. Initiative three. Movement five, which is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Movement five. Solid. Is, yeah. Um, and most of this stuff comes pretty naked. Hand weapon, and then they got primal fury and ambush if they want it. Um, 25 points for a full command, which is nice because a lot of things are coming at 30 lately. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can give them a shield or an extra hand weapon for a point. Now, they have no armor at all, no armor option even. Well, you give them a shield. I mean, but I'm saying, but actual armor, because you can oh, take shield or hand weapon. So sure. Basically, yeah, you, you could, could, for the parry save, if if you wanted to make a bust of these guys for some really weird reason, you could do that. Six by six, five wide, give them a six by six save. I mean, do you ever do that? Or do you just go extra hand weapon no. and let them grind you, things? With the Primal Fury, you go extra hand weapon, because... I, you're you're already getting two attacks per model, uh, and if you can re-roll those, it's even even that much better. So it's just solid. There's yeah, no reason to take a shield, in my you, opinion. You guys want these on offense. If you're going for like a steadfast block, probably Ungor is probably the unit for yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Ungor is the cheap way to, to get some serious steadfast. Mm-hmm. But uh, from from my great experience playing both these two units. The gore, the young gore will frequently let you down, but the gore will very rarely let you down. So, how many gore do you take in your in your horde? Because you take them pretty much in a big horde. So, do you go yeah, forty or fifty? My latest twenty four hundred point list here, I have thirty nine, and usually it's either thirty eight or thirty nine. If if the game goes up to three thousand points, then I'll go ten more models. But so twenty four hundred or less, it's thirty eight or thirty nine. So it's about three forty-five for a block of forty of these guys. That's actually that seems pretty reasonable to me. It's pretty good, especially how what their potential is. You take a block of if you take a block of full forty, it's three hundred and forty-five points. And yeah, with and, the full command, right? And you're yeah. and you're talking like you said, forty-one attacks, weapon skill four, rerollable. So yeah, these. These guys are a great choice. You know, you hear from time to time someone will say that you can judge an army by its core troops. Mm-hmm. And these dudes are solid and they make for a solid base for an army. So they're they're just a great choice. Really quick just because I'm kind of looking at the list of what's what's here. Do you I mean is this 
I mean, we'll get to the rest of the units, but do you <laughs> take any other units for your core other than just if you're playing 2400, do you, you pretty much just take 600 points of gore? I mean, when no, I was, you know. No, my 2400, I always take a unit of Ungor, and that's a painting constraint, but it'll be <laughs> either 24 or 25. In a bigger game, I'll move it up to 30 to 35. Um, there's always one big block of Ungor, and typically that's I put that right by the shard of the herdstone with the brave shamans, and then they're a roadblock. What's that? They're a roadblock, or you know, they're, you I know, think they're uh, a mage bunker. No? Yeah, they're a mage bunker. Okay. However, you know, you always end up in a situation where those mazes are just going to have to be on their own because, right. At the end of the day, it's it's a block of twenty five troops mm-hmm. and with a full command, so they they can threaten. People can't ignore that. So, right. Uh, other than that, I always take chariots. The Tuscor chariots are an awesome choice for eighty points. Uh, and then I'm, I recently started taking units of skirmished ungor. So my latest list has one unit of six skirmishing ungors, and that's just somewhere else, either another chaff unit. Or somewhere else to stick the brave shamans uh, should the situation arise. Okay. Or if I fight someone that doesn't have shooting, um, you know, I might stick the shamans with them anyways, just as a precaution, you know, sure. against some kind of chaff or magic or something like that. Yep. Sure. So okay, well then let's let's uh, let's move on to the the two types of ungor. Uh, Chris, you want to? Sure. There's the uh, ungor herd, five points a model. Weapon skill three. Their stat line is pretty much threes across the board. Initiative one. Is that right? No, initiative three. No, one initiative wound. three. One attack. One wound. Leader six. They're pretty much human stats, except for the movement. <laughs> yeah, movement five one, again. Yep. Yeah, one point a leader. But Ungor is, I don't know. They're all right if you don't ever expect anything. <laughs> well, well if you go hand weapon shield, never take the spear. Yeah, I see that the spear option for a point. Yeah, I think a mage bunker is good. Frontline, if you're going for, like, ranks... Five wide, go for the steadfast. I could see that, you know, for that fodder type uh, role. Yeah, and you could take these guys in units of ten uh, if you felt the need to throw some some chaff out there. But right. if you're going to do that, you'd probably take the raiders anyway. Um, right. But these guys, I don't know, they're all right. Hmm. It's just something different, mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, if you wanted to hoard them up, you'd probably consider that spear option because that's one more whole rank of attacks with primal fury. So. Um, yeah, true. If you get the, the wild form on them, then they're hitting at strength four. That's, and I if know, you know you're something. playing against a toughness three army, I guess that's not bad. Right. Take a take yeah. out a bunch of gobbles or something. <laughs> yeah. Against, <laughs> against elves, yeah. elves or humans, strength three wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. True. Leader six is just terrible. So, I mean, you, oh, you yeah. either have to have even those brave shamans. They're only leader seven, so you stick those guys in there, and then you pray they still don't have to take right. a panic check somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Got fifty of them going in a in a five wide formation, so you should keep your at least your steadfast. Yeah, you know. but even then, steadfast on a six, unless you're keeping them near your leader. Yeah, they're yeah, dude. They're if you run. took if you took fifty of them, they're five points each. It's, With it a, just seems like too much. Yeah, that yeah, you're right. Two hundred and fifty plus the what fifteen points for a full command. Right, <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. There, yeah. but. If you were going to dump that many points into these guys, yeah, I think you'd just take more gore because yeah. they're very reliable. The damage output. Yeah. yeah. Kick butt. And looking at these units, uh, you know, they don't have frenzy or anything. Do you find that you're susceptible to, like, terror-causing monsters and that sort of thing? Panic checks and all that? 
really, because I've been doing it so long, I always make sure that either the BSB, the general, or both are in range. So either they're leader 10 or uh, these guys would be leader 7 with the wizard in, in the unit uh, with a reroll. So okay. I rarely, rarely fall victim to that. Now, you, with the raiders, because they tend to run out on their own and try to chaff people up, yeah, I'll have that problem with yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I think that's what they're for, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uncle Raider, same stat line, uh, six points a model. You're probably paying that extra point for the skirmisher ability and, I and guess, the, the ambush bow. option. Yeah, and the short bow. Well, they've got the they've got the ambush option with the regular Ungor, so you're, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. yeah, you're paying for that. I think you're, the bow and the, the skirmish. bow and skirmish, yeah. which skirmish, meh. At this point, I don't see any use no. in that. Was that a yeah. was that a meh or was that a meh? <laughs> <laughs> meh. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. It's kind of both. <laughs> but short bow, it's nice. It's the only beast man shooting right here, boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> with that ballistic skill three. Yeah, you load up on these guys, you take some Laura Shadow to reduce some toughness, and you just start winning games. <laughs> With their unit size of 10. With their 18-inch uh, bows. <laughs> There's your chaff. Bring it Johnny's up coming out with 12 units of these things. <laughs> 12 units of 10, 120 shots coming from every angle. <laughs> and then my army just disappears. Right. <laughs> One terror causer could see this whole... Melt this whole away. Army right off the board. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next core option looks pretty good. The Tuscor Cherry that you mentioned. Yeah, these guys are great. 80 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll just go over it. So the Chariot itself gets Strength 5, Toughness 4 with 4 wounds, and then it's pulled by two Tuscors who are Strength 4. They're Move 7. Uh, then you got a Gore who has a Spear. So it'd be Strength 3, but Strength 4 on the charge. And then there's a Bestagore who has a great weapon. Um, and one of the best parts about it is the chariot gets primal fury as well, so um, that applies to the Tuscores pulling it. Nice. It's, it's a solid choice. One thing it lost uh, between last edition and this one is the scythes, so you no longer get D6 plus one impact hits. Um, oh, that's one of the, Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially because the orc chariots still get the scythes. They do. Just yeah. BS. The orcs is the best. The best. Yeah. But the Primal Fury is nice. I mean, if you roll the one on oh, the impact yeah. hits, the Primal Fury kind of saves you because you're still doing some damage. It has potential to, but you'd still like to have the Primal Fury and roll the six on the impact. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. Because, I mean, it, it, you would always take the impact hits over having to roll for attacks and wounds. Sure. Um, oh, sure. Because the impact hits are already strength five. Um, this is one of the few options in the army that actually has armor. You get a four-up armor save. Yeah, it's pretty survivable. See? Four wounds, a tough four, four-up armor. There you go. But the no, it's, a, it's a good choice. How many do you feel, two or three? I In this 2,400-point list I have here, there's two of them. I don't ever feel three because I don't have three paint. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go on the assumption that you had anything you wanted painted. How many would you field? Uh, I could conceive of even dropping the the big Ungor unit and just taking two or three more of these guys, or two more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they're great. They're so flexible. If you're taking Minotaur, you're going to need plenty of chariots to co- co-charge with the Minotaur so you can actually run something down. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And keeping them in front of the Minotaur keeps them from frenzy charging. Yeah, absolutely. Because you uh, you're going to charge with both anyway, so you keep them in front so you don't get uh, led off by the nose. 
Yeah. And with um, the, um, the only ballistical shooting you have in the Ungor Raiders, I would imagine these chariots factor huge in anti-chaff type duties. Yeah, plus they're huge because they soak up a lot of abuse. Uh, four wounds with mm-hmm. these ones. You, when we get to the Razor Gore, you'll see a really, really badass chariot. But even these Tuscar ones can can take a decent amount and, and still survive. So mm-hmm. in terms of anti-chaff, I find that these guys kind of get hosed up because typically I'll try and put them in between my units. So mm-hmm. if something gets too close, you can't charge it because you can't wheel can't out wheel a it, position yeah. to hit it. So you have to be very careful with that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you keep them out on the sides, a lot of times I'll use these guys to deal with, um, you know, any kind of like shades or, um, right. Anything that shows up behind you or on the side of you, just turn them to face it, but far enough away. And uh, it, it works more often than not at keeping things like that at bay. Okay. Also frequently these totally get put into the chaff position, which they're not very good at cause they can't march move. So they're only move seven. Um, but in those situations where you got to stop something from charging you, you just push this thing in its face and right. back their guys up, and it, and it works. So that's kind of nice because you can wheel and you have that wide um, side, so you can kinda, yeah. yeah use that to your advantage to angle off certain things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now to the core unit. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos Warhounds, which, like I said, I, I totally forgot they were in the list. I've never seen anyone take them in a Beastmen list. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, here's one of the things. Now, I actually, I have the FAQs with me, and I yeah. noticed uh, this has the old, it does not count toward the core, the minimum core choices of the army. Right. They didn't errata or anything about taking that out in the FAQ. So th- do these guys not count towards your core? They do not count towards score. So they don't even fill out your 600. Oh, man. Anytime yeah, I see that, that makes the unit completely not useful. I mean, unless right. it's worthy of a special choice, because that's basically where it's probably stealing points from. Unless it's worthy of being a special right. choice. Yeah, once it says it doesn't count as any choices, it's in there. It counts. It's, you know, like, like Army Builder, I know it counts the points in your in the core as used. Yeah. Points, but not towards your minimum. Sure. These guys, I mean, in theory, they'd be great chaff. They have a move seven, mm-hmm. march 14. They can get out there way better than the chariot ever could and block people up. But I mean, you you guys still there? Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah. here. Oh, okay. It just got really quiet. <laughs> no, we're, we're listening but, uh, to every, every word you got. You got <laughs> hanging on your every word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weapon skill four is pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're solid. Yeah. They, they die like, super quick. You sure. know, only toughness three, no save whatsoever. And then the leader five is awful too, because once they get out there, yeah, it's easy to make them panic. Any bit of shooting, even the lowly Ungor raiders with short bows, could cause a panic on these guys. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good, but but if you look at the Ungor, the Ungor herd, if you were going for small chaff units, they're one weapon skill better. They're two. Oh, those guys have the Ungor at least come with a shield, though. That's true. Two movement yeah. better. Yeah, one less leadership and no armor save whatsoever. Hey, you can pay. You know. An extra point and give them scaly scan, <laughs> and, and then, then, and then for ten points a piece, you get they got poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it any yeah. Wonder no one ever takes that. <laughs> God, I mean, yeah, I knew I knew Chaos Warhounds weren't all that good. I just you look at them, go, man, Ungor are so much of a better choice. I, I wonder if they'd be uh, worth taking if they if they were fast cav. 
Uh, yeah, they might be. Also, if they had the Will of Chaos, like the Warriors of Chaos Warhounds do, they'd be pretty solid, because at least you can re-roll those panic checks. Um, yeah, I mean, that I would think help. they're viable, because they have the mobility to block stuff up really well, so I wouldn't totally write them off, but... I don't, I, the only thing I can think that's... Well, I mean, are they even... even? Because I'm saying, a, a unit of five, the minimum unit, it's 30 points. It's 30 points that you can use as a fast-moving chaff unit. Right. You know it's going to die, but you're throwing it in front of something to distract it. It's faster than the Ungor Raiders. That's all I can think, because a unit of five Ungor Raiders with, without any command is the same 30 points. Right. And they've got a bow, and they got a hand weapon. I think as, as for a fast-moving chaff unit, maybe this competes a little too much with the Harpies, which are probably yeah, which a better are choice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, ugh, yeah, it's it's crap. <laughs> I would probably field these guys if they counted towards core, but since they don't, mm-hmm. I'm usually just, that's one of the reasons I haven't dropped the Ungor is because I need them to make my core requirements. Right. So. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay, well, you know what? It's break time again, and when we come back, we will talk some specials. How's that sound? Yeah. All right, back in a minute. heard him on the show you've seen his work on our website he's brian Steele, owner of urza's den that's right folks urza's den.com custom modeling sculpting and painting you got a model you don't want to paint send it to brian you got an army you don't want to paint send it to brian you can't come up with an idea for a conversion give his ideas a try heck you got an army list with models they don't even make brian's the man give him a call check him out at urza's den.com you won't be sorry. All right, gang, we are back. We are going to talk about Beastmen Special Choices. All right. These are the special ones. I do like these special ones I found my wizard hat. <laughs> Here we go with the wizard hat. <laughs> That's my new thing. That's my new Skip Stevenson. Skip Stevenson! <laughs> outrageous! No, as long as it's not outrageous, <laughs> I knew you were going to pull that. There it is. Hastings, That's the... Hastings likes it. I had to do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> tell me you, do, you don't like that. I find it hilarious, uh, mostly because whoever is his co-host at the time gets so irritated. It, yeah. <laughs> but oh, it's just Chris, funny. Christopher <laughs> used to throw stuff at me when I said it. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, annoying. <laughs> anyway, so specials. So which one do you want to hit first, boys? Do, want, do we want to go in order and start with uh, those Minotaurs, which I'm so in love with them. I love Minotaurs. <laughs> I know that they're not the best choice. It's just this uh, is another one that I read it and said... That's so cool. These guys are just beasts. And then you read their fluff. May I take a quick stab at their fluff here? Sure. May I just... Do we need Absolutely. to do the uh, background noises? Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. Minotaurs, minotaurs are possessed of a terrible hunger for flesh, <laughs> particularly the flesh of man. Yet it's not the gnawing hunger a mortal feels when deprived of sustenance, but a deep thirst for the unholy exhilaration the Minotaurs experience when they consume the flesh of their enemies. It, 
In this state, they join with the power of the chaos gods and share in a part of their glory. When called to war, the Minotaurs reach into the piles of weapons and armor heaped in offering before the herdstones, equipping themselves with the largest and most formidable weapons they could find. Uh, okay, here's my question real quick. Oh, wait, let me finish the last bit. To the Minotaurs, a battlefield is a place of maddening excess. The scent of gore in their flaring nostrils drives them wild, and they bellow their hunger for all to hear. <laughs> they charge with a thundering impact. <laughs> Horns lowered to impale, then strike blow after blow against their hapless enemy. Once their victims have been hacked apart, the Minotaur slake their thirst by tearing at raw flesh with their gore-encrusted nails and gulping down great hunks of steaming meat. Even Even while the battle rages on around them. Here's my question. If they just sack places and take their armor and keep it and don't make their own, who the hell are they stealing armor from that the Minotaurs fit into? (laughs) Well, it's got to be ogres, yeah. (laughs) But those are like just mostly gut plates, right? I guess not. I just, I was reading that, like, I'm thinking, you know, that, you know, even the biggest of men, they're just like, God. Damn, this is tight. They're like wearing three arms, you know, three chest plates over their pecs. Man, that Doom Bowl on page 35 has some sweet armor that looks perfectly fitted for his well sculpted body. <laughs> Covering up that little chest patch of hair that they all come with. Yeah. The little chest patch and weird uh, weird uh, thigh patches for their hair. No, that's just a find of the century for that dude. <laughs> like yeah. a perfect suit of armor. I can't believe it. All right, so let's talk about these guys because they are, man, they look they look right. They've got the blood greed, they cause fear. They got an imp- they get impact hits. You know, one per um, weapon skill four, strength five, toughness four, three wounds, three attacks, three initiative. Um, you know, fifty points for a full command. They can have shields and hand weapons. They got light armor. I mean. If you 50 take a, points for a full command seems insane to me. Yeah, that's that, a lot. Yeah. I don't I don't argue with that. Um, and 55 points a model. Yeah, I mean, that's almost a whole extra model. Yeah. Now, when you feel these guys, do you usually go great weapons? Now, I go two-hand weapon because yeah, they started say, strength, strength five, five already, and decent. that's pretty solid. Oh. Um, you don't really expect them to crack armor. And when you uh, get that spell of a, off them... From the lore oh, yeah. of beasts, you get yeah. another D six. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that affects one model. Oh, that's right. It's one character, not the unit. Oh, damn. Now the unit champ here can have a magic item. Oh well, there you go. I think that, I want to say they fact that to be a weapon, but don't quote me on that. Hmm. So there might, if if it is a magic item, I'll take item, a look you while can... you guys are chatting on minotaurs. I had that written in my notes that way, but that could be wrong. But uh, if you could give him any magic item, there might be something sneaky you could do. Because hmm. that includes a magic weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I don't know offhand what I would give him. Maybe maybe the Iron Curse icon? I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you get on, uh, no, it has to be, you can't, it can't be a banner, I guess, because the unit right. champ has to take it. But I don't know. I think these guys are just overpointed. And if you compare them to. Like an iron gut, you got one point of weapon skill, one point of strength, mm-hmm. and then other than that, it's the same except you don't get heavy armor. Um, but you do have the downsides of only uh, pursuing 
one d six. And how much is an iron gut? I think they're forty two or forty three. Forty, I think forty three. But yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, oh, it's insane. And mm. so that's a twelve point difference. And the you know those bros come with great weapons. They come right. with heavy armor. I hear. You don't come with you come with a hand weapon, so you still have to give them something. Yeah, um, and you could give them a shield, but I have no idea why you'd want to do that. You get a five up armor because you come with light armor, but mm. I think five you want up the extra means attack. nothing anymore. Five up just means nothing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much strength five out there. Yeah, uh, I see nothing in here with any reference to the Minotaurs and limiting that to a weapon. Okay, so you could take any magic item. Maybe you could come up with something there. I don't know. Like I said, I realize that you'd have to build an army around taking a minotaur. You'd have to totally go with a themey army. I'm taking a minotaurs, and that's the you know, the point. Maybe doing like it's like it's described in the fluff. Minotaurs with a bunch of little ungor around him. Uh, right. Chaff. Uh, you know, it's and it's and it's not going to be an effective army. I just I like think their real downside is that they're just overpointed for what they do right yeah. now. Yeah, fifty-five is a lot because I mean, how much isn't that? How much a blood crusher costs? Uh, not quite sure on that, but I know a regular troll is only thirty-five. Oh my god! Yeah, I would take a troll over one of these yeah. guys. Regen, come on! Yeah, right. You actually yeah, get a they, save? It's unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so we're skipping the Minotaurs. They're they're a they're a, a, a zero plus. Would they, would they be a fluff choice? Yeah, yeah, they'd be a solid fluff choice. <laughs> so then we go to Centigors. Centigors twenty five points per model, movement eight. So this is your cavalry option in the army. Weapon skill four, strength tough four. One wound initiative two, which is kind of a letdown. Yeah. Two attacks and leader seven. And they. So, they do have the special rule of being drunk. So they get Primal Fury, which is huge. If Minotaur got that, they would be worth 55 points. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. But Primal Fury on these guys is really solid. Um, you charge your strength five on the charge because you have a spear. Mm-hmm. You get two attacks each. And if you go Frenzy that turn, you get three attacks each. You're rerolling your misses. It's solid. These guys hit hard. I, I would, For probably the last like, two years, I've taken a unit of either 10 or 12. Hmm. And once again, their only downside is they seem at twenty five points. It's just a bad choice when they have really good things in this book that aren't twenty five points. <laughs> no, um, they've but, got this drunk rule that you have, sure. you roll it in the beginning of the game. Yeah, on a one or a two, they get their initiative jumps up to four. Which and this is the one you pray you never roll <laughs> plus two initiative. <laughs> that doesn't seem bad though. I mean, if you want to get those attacks off first, I mean, it, it's it's not the one you want out of the three, but at least it's not something that's. You know, bad. It's good if you're going against someone with like a purple sun or a pit of shades because then uh, you're you not as worried about it. But uh, three and four is hangover from hell. Can reroll failed primal fury test, but you're a movement seven then. That one sucks because movement eight is what makes these guys really good. It's one of the few things you have that can really strike out there and catch mm-hmm. people off guard. Which would you rather get the sober or the hangover? Definitely. Ooh, good call. I think if I had to pick one, I would take Sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Primal Fury, you're generally going to be roll, re-rolling anyway because of BSB. And that, Well, unless they're moving out that fast and they're that far away from them. That's the one thing I was thinking. They might yeah. move a little slower, but they've at least they're got not, it. In those situations, though, you lose them every single time because they're just not as survivable as they should be. Even with uh, 
toughness four, and they they end up with a four up armor because you have light armor shield and mm-hmm. you get the count a mounted bonus. But ah, they're just so fragile. Maybe it's because the the low leadership when they get out there on their own like that. Yeah. But so, and then the last run is the one you probably want: drunken bravado. They get stubborn on a five or six. That one is solid because then it mitigates the low leadership uh, should you start losing combats. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, I mean, are these guys any good, though? I mean, you take 10 to 12 of them, but is that, is that a painting restriction for you, or do you like them? <laughs> well, it's either this or Minotaur, so <laughs> I'm restricted by my models. But I, these guys I've taken for so long for the same reason I painted them, because I thought they were awesome. They were awesome in the fluff. The models are cool. I just love the idea of it. They're not as effective as they should be, but they catch a lot of people off guard because people are like, Holy shit! You have Senegor? <laughs> like people, just, you just don't see that. So then, <laughs> yeah, okay. When, when you go smoking in there, strength five, two attacks, re-rolling, and people are like, "Wow, those dudes are pretty all right." Yeah, they do some damage. And I, yeah, and then I'm like, "Yeah, but they're 25 points each, and you know that. I don't know. Yeah. Just you can take throwing axes. I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that, you know." Any of the thrown weapons used to be better when they did because they didn't used to suffer from the uh, long range penalty because they were just short range weapons. Right. So they only moved six inches, so you didn't take a penalty. That's gone. Yeah. That's something I'd love to see. I'd love to see that that get tweaked somehow because that stops just about everybody from taking thrown. Well, I think this unit fills a good role in that you know fast moving flanking unit, whether it's this or some kind of monster, which we'll talk about. Sure. But, uh, you know, if your center battle line moves up pretty quickly, and you're grinding down your opponent, something coming in on the flanks in the form of a Senegor unit, uh, I can see it being, you know, pretty useful. After using them for so long, what it came down to for me was these guys were chaff hunters because they'll smoke any kind of chaff mm-hmm. they run into, and then they're also expendable. So, mm-hmm. uh, worst case scenario, and another thing is people like to shoot at these guys a lot, and I think it's because. They're an expensive unit for something that dies pretty quick. So mm-hmm. they suck up a lot of shots. They actually have armor, which is rare. Yeah. And then yeah. with a four-up armor save, if it's regular bow shots, they're still getting their armor save. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you might as well shoot at these instead of shooting and whittling down my, my, my horde that I need to stay full. So yeah, because you can kill five of these guys, and you, I mean, now they're, they're not going to kill anything. But if you have 10 or 12 of them, mm-hmm. I mean, you... You'd be fine to run them into a unit. You're going to win that for a few rounds. Right. Um, these guys, I've run into, tried and tried and tried to take out hydras with them, but <laughs> no matter how you do it, they, they ju- it just doesn't work. In the flank, <laughs> in the rear, uh, in the front, if you have 12 of them, if you have 10 of them, it doesn't matter. Wow. A hydra will beat 10 to 12 of these every single time. <laughs> yeah, that, that hydra, the seven attacks with the hatred and... And the, then the it throws that weapon, yeah. weapon at yeah. you before it's too late. And, and the handlers hard. get attacks, too. So the hits just keep on coming with that thing. And they're armor-piercing with those whips. Yeah. So <laughs> your four-up just went to a five. Yeah. Ugh. So don't ever try and face these off against hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you learn pro anything tip. from this episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's your pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get to, one. Of, I think, one of the two that you see in every army, which is the harpies. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about these babies? All right. Harpies, they're 11 points each. Uh, move five, but they fly. Weapon skill three, strength three, tough three, 
one wound. Initiative five is pretty solid, and then two attacks each. Leadership six. You can scout them for three extra points each, so then they'd be 14 points. Uh, the only equipment they have is hand weapon, uh, and then you could take units of five to ten. So I always, always fill two units of five of these. Oh, yeah. If I had more, I would take more. Um, would you would you ever take a bigger unit or just more? Would you take three units of five? Because you can only have three units anyway, so. Yeah, I would just go three units of five. Yeah, just get I don't away. think you need more than that. Do you ever scout them? Never. Three more points per model. So you're paying 15 more points. But leadership six, and they're real easy to kill. Um, if they take a panic check, you can pretty much kiss them goodbye. Um, now, if you're lucky, they'll flee towards your lines, so eventually your general will be yeah, in, yeah, within range rally. so they can rally. Um, but the great thing about them is if, if they don't panic, one of these guys is just as effective as five of them. You can still chaff people up. They're right. super mobile. Just an all-around excellent unit. It's probably better if you only have the one left because it's a smaller footprint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Way more controllable. Mm-hmm. See, uh, this now, unit, scouts are something that I might, I mean, not having ever played Beast, scouts are something I would, might even consider just to get them up there real quick and apply pressure right away. I don't because know. Because they already fly, I don't really think you need to scout yeah, them. Uh, they can I mean, move th- 20, can't they? Because they yeah. can fly... Uh, at that point, if you scout them, you're going to put them on your opponent's flank somewhere. Hopefully they left you room for that. And then they're going to be march. Eh, I guess they might not be march block. But if they are march block, guaranteed they're not flying 20 because right. you're going to rarely make that. And I don't know. It just yeah, seems better. True. Typically, I'll just keep these guys right behind my two big blocks for the first two or three turns oh. as my army moves forward. And then when I need to chaff them up, yep. there they are. They just fly out and do it. Right. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Okay. So here come the Bestigor. <laughs> uh, Bestigor. They, they're the elites of the army, right? Yeah. 12 yes. points a model. Weapon skill, strength, and toughness, 4. 3 initiative, leadership, 7. Um, it's one of these weird... This is one of these weird 7th edition hangovers. Now they've got, like, it seems to be like 10 points for everything almost for command. This is where... The, you had the fives and tens, but these guys are twelves and sixes. So a full command on these guys cost you thirty, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> big, you know, instead of twenty five because they're special. They're the only ones who could take a magic banner. Your your Which champion makes them a one plus. Yeah, they, yeah, you got it. It's the only right. unit in the army that could take a magic banner. And it, well, it sounds like according to the way it reads here, you, every unit you took could take a magic banner unless they fact that. What do you mean? Because it says upgrade one Bestigor to a standard bearer and then may have a magic standard. So if you had two units of Bestigor, oh, you sure. two yeah, magic yeah. standards. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess you could have up to three magic standards in the armies if you want to Bestigor it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they can take Gifts of Chaos. Yeah, you're a unit champ can. Yeah. Now, this, this spoiler rule. I had a question about this one. It's Let's see, where is that? That's on page 39. I'm looking for them. Let me just find the best of Well, you probably know that rule offhand. Yeah. So you always capture banners, and when you do capture a banner, you get plus one combat res for every banner you've captured. Because there's nothing special about the way. It says you have to either completely destroy them in close combat, which normally you would get their banner, or if you... I think you don't have to pursue. So it says it defeats an enemy unit that breaks and flees, but you in, in 8th edition rules... You don't. You still don't have to pursue. If they break and flee, you get their banner. Right. Because a banner banner never uh. flees. So those rules are the same. It's just the plus one to the combat res. But here's my question. 
they seize any banner that the unit had. So obviously, if you got your BSB and your banner, that's two banners. Let's say my unit of um, skeletons killed and wiped out a unit and got their banner. Does that count? <laughs> Does it? I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't see that. You see what I'm saying? Mm. If if my unit kills and gets a banner, obviously the army has a banner, but I would assume that the unit that killed that unit during the duration of the battle has the banner. Right. If you would... kill that unit, you know, a unit of skeletons, no BSB, just their banner. They kill a unit and get a banner. Then these Bestigor come up and kill them. Would they count as two banners? I'm not trying to be a gamey bastard here, but, I mean... That's a good question. It's It was the first thing I thought of, because it said any banner in the unit, and it's like, well, I, it could be up to two. And I didn't see anything with an FAQ about it, but, you know, if you can take down a unit that took down a couple of units, that's a couple <laughs> extra. Yeah. It, the way it's written, I guess that's the way it sounds... I don't think you're ever going to see that scenario, or very, very rarely. Well, it would so. be a rare scenario because you'd have everything. It's like the stars have to align. Right, they but have when to it happens, up. man, that would be sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's say you know, especially you got a unit that uh, you know whittles down, you know, and gets a couple of banners. I mean, the only thing it says here is in the FAQ is uh, if the Bestigore unit seizes a magical banner, does it get the magical bonus? And they That'd said be silly if no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would that would be kinda awesome though. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it would be. <laughs> You'd send them in there every single oh, time. No doubt. Every single game. Get that, you, there's a magic banner. Right. Get it. Where's your banner of sorcery? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh Making my god. Yeah, the banner of sorcery. Yeah, so many good the options. Banner, the the dwarf banner with plus two to all dispel attempts. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of them out there. But yeah. uh yeah. If you captured a BSB that way too, you'd I mean you'd get an extra banner for capturing a BSB, mm-hmm. but Right. Uh, I just and I said I know it said any they have, but I'm just I, I thought about it. If I if I count as having your banner, then that's a banner. Now you could say, Well, why would they get a bonus for having another Beastman banner? Because it's a banner, bro. <laughs> because yeah. it's a banner, and I mean these guys eat each other. You think they yeah. wouldn't count getting a but these guys were weak, we have their banner. It's, it's uh, the the battle lust. You know? Yeah, they're just claiming reclaiming banners. And heck, case. every time you can get an extra point of combat res, you take it. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, these dudes, they. This is, in my opinion, this is at least a one plus choice per per army. If I had the models painted, and I do have four for my second unit painted already. All right, but nice. If I had another unit painted, I would definitely take two of these versus. You know, versus the Senegor or the Minotaur or whatever. Um, maybe not the chap, this here, chap Johnny, and the chap. Jo- I'm sensing a theme here. And that theme well, is, if I had this painted. Well, you got to realize <laughs> that I work pretty slow in that regard. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> the other theme is that units with Primal Fury are generally pretty danged awesome. So. Yeah. Um, these guys are great. I... Typically, I'll take them in smaller units even. Uh, my current list is rocking 24 of them, which sometimes I'll play against other Beastman players, and they'll have 30 to 40 of these dudes. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with that? Yeah. It's a scary unit. Um, and the reason I take so few is because I usually stick a Beast Lord in there with a Stubborn Crown, so it, it uh, really doesn't matter how many I have left. Um, but they're great. I recommend them. If you're starting Beastmen, this is I probably just build and paint a bunch of these guys at the beginning because yeah. the models are just awesome as well. We didn't 
We haven't really been talking about the modeling side of this, but oh, the Minotaur it, it, we'll definitely get junk. To it. But yeah. Oh, God, no kidding. I have a couple of Cyborg Minotaurs, and they're really cool. They're really nice looking. Yeah, I spend probably one to two hours a week on Chaos Orc Superstore at work, and one week I was on there just drooling over all the Minotaur models they have on there. <laughs> the solicited testimonial for <laughs> no, it's, it's a really, Superstore. really awesome site. You can just type in Minotaur, and it'll pull up every yeah. different Minotaur yeah, they have. And they have four or five different ranges of pretty sweet Minotaurs. No, Andrew, who is the guy who runs Chaos Orc Superstore, is just, he's, he's great. He's got a great site. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I agree. The best of gore. I mean, basically, they're gores with plus one strength. Now, could you use your... Uh, well, they come with great weapon and heavy armor, too. So oh, so they're hitting a strength six. Yeah. They're hitting last. But, man, strength six. What's the spell you've got that gives the guys the plus one strength rolling into combat? The like wild form? Primal Fury? The wild or, form, that's it. Yeah, wild form, sorry. Uh, wild form and these guys. I know it's not necess- It seems redundant, but strength seven... The only reason I would ever wild form these guys, and I do it occasionally, but the only reason is to get plus one toughness. If you're fighting something and your numbers are dwindling quick, right. and you know you're going to get wiped out before too long, By you give them some the, more time. Yep. St- strength seven, unless you're fighting, you know, super high armor save. Strength seven is just worthless compared to strength six. Now you mentioned you might run two units of these. If you did that, uh, what kind of magic standard would you equip both of them with? That is a good question. Probably Flaming Banner because I have yeah. such a hard time dealing with A-bombs and Hydras and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's probably what I would do too. One of these days he's going to get these things painted. He's going to play with this nasty, <laughs> nasty list, playing finally how he wants to play. Uh, the liberation I'm of new, Johnny. Yeah, this new chaff build I have is really, really solid. The way the game's evolved, this list, because when we get the Razor Gore, you'll see, but... It works really well, so I'm pretty stoked about it. I probably, right now, I would choose my current build over another unit of, of Bestigor, So, Well, why don't we talk about the Razor Gore then, and then we'll, then we'll hit the Chariot, since you know they sure. are the component of it. So go ahead. All right. uh, so, guys, okay, first of all, these Razor Gore cost exactly the same cost as a Minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you can just take one. You don't have to take three, but... Right. These bros are also on 50-millimeter bases, so um, that makes a little bit of a difference game-wise. Uh, but stat-wise, they move 7, uh, weapon skill 3, strength 5, tough 5, 3 wounds, initiative 2, uh, 4 attacks, and then 6 up armor. Oh, I'm sorry, 6 leadership. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they cause fear, and they have thunderous charge. So on the charge, they'll be strength 6, which is super solid. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that makes them great is you can take units of one. Um, so my latest build has three single units of these bros just running around oh, on their own. Nice. So it's like, uh, so, like an eagle action. You can move oh, and get them in the way. Yeah. A little bit less mobility, but so much more survivability. Oh, and yeah, They're the, so the hard to take down. Oh, yeah and, they, yeah, and they can actually punch things in the face yeah. really well. So well, and their bad sort of, attitudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It counts as equipment, bro. <laughs> I know. Right. Tusk hooves in a bad attitude counts as a hand weapon. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, but these guys. I mean, how many of these guys you take? Do you take three? Are they your? Are they your? Uh, you know, your saber tusks. Or do you just I, take two? Or well, they are 55 points a model, which is kind of pricey. My my 2400 build build has three of them on their own. Um, 
I think mm-hmm. there might be some ground in if you could find a halfway decent looking Razor Gore model, taking units of them, unit of four. Um, yeah, that's true. They hit pretty solid, and they have super good mobility. Um, now, when they're stuck out on their own, the leadership sucks. They can't if they lose a round of combat, they're hosed. Hmm. Um, but against most chaff, they're going to clean up just because they, they're so hitty. Is oh. that one of the reasons you keep them on just as a single model? Because if you pay for three single models and one breaks and the other two don't necessarily, but as soon as you put three together, if they break, they're running all the way home? No, I keep them as single models just because they're super, super tough chaff. Uh, they fill that role very, very well. Okay. I wonder if uh, if you did take a unit of two if you ranked them up one behind the other, you'd get uh, two models of attacks, but just the single model frontage. Is that right? The downside there is you lose the mobility because you can't right. just turn any direction. You have to wheel around and do all that stupid stuff. Yeah, so. that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's hook these let's hook these bad boys up to a chariot. Okay, so the Razor Chariot pretty pricey at one hundred and forty five points. Uh, you got the same crew complement as the old chariot. So you get a best of gore with a great weapon and then a gore with a spear with a single razor gore pulling it. Uh, but in this case, you get primal fury, which applies to the razor gore as well. That's nice. And it's uh, still strength five, but you get strength six on the charge with the razor gore. Toughness five with five wounds for the chariot. Still four up armor. Super, super survivable. Yeah, really good. Still, still no sides, though. Yeah, oddly. No. <laughs> you're paying a lot, almost double. Not You're paying 65 points more for that extra pip of toughness, that extra wound, and the fear and the charge. And the strength. But, mm-hmm. it, yeah. That's, well, extra oh, that's attack just from extra the Razor Gore. Yeah, I guess. Well, you got, there, yeah, there is some more good stuff. That four, uh, Plus, yeah, the Tusk Gore gets, each of them get one attack. That that bad boy gets four. So. Right. Yeah, so you double your creature it, attacks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. I would I would imagine if uh, your opponent saw these on the table, they'd be targeted right away because they're just too yeah. hitty to allow them to get into well, combat. That's why you got to give them that big four up ward save. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> they focus people. Any savvy opponent will focus a lot of attention trying to bring these things down because mm-hmm. when they hit, they they smash well. Yeah, they just um, do too much damage. Yeah, they're they're really solid. One hundred forty five points. That's that's rather pricey for a chariot. So if it they is. kill it. I mean, that the the twenty five strong Ungor block that I usually take is one hundred forty five or one hundred forty points even with a full right. command, and this one model is one hundred forty five. So. Twenty twenty five <laughs> wounds versus five wounds. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's almost like the the high elf white lion chariot. It's it's similar. It's one hundred forty points similar in punchiness. They rarely yeah. see combat because once people see those, boom, they just take them off right away. Are those guys equally as as tough with the same amount of wounds? No, or? not uh, their toughness four with a four up armor. Not yeah. as not as tough. So okay, toughness five is huge. Oh man. yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. This I think is just a great choice. It's a little expensive, but once you learn how to use them, mm-hmm. um, they're great and they're intimidating. You don't like to see them across the table from you. So yeah, not at all. Now, do you usually use uh, one or two? My latest build has one. It's just due to points, hmm. plus the fact that all my other razor gore are already being used. <laughs> well, let me, I should I should rephrase the question. How many do you have painted? 
I have four of them painted. Wow. Uh, but the Razor Gores pop off, so the oh, other nice. three solo Razor Gore get used as well. Okay, so modular, modular setup yeah. there. Nice. nice. When it takes you that long to build and paint stuff, you really <laughs> use your brain. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Get the most out of them. All right. Well, um, you know what? Let's we're gonna take a let's take another break. When we come back, we'll hit the rares and at the very least the gifts of chaos. Um, you know, there's five rares, but I'm thinking chaos bone and giants are probably gonna breeze through anyway. But we got those three big beasties that I definitely want to talk about. So we'll be back in just a moment, folks. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Okay, tools. Time for the rare beast, the big beast, the Cygor, the Gorgon, the Jabba Slide. The Jabba Slide. Um, like I said before the break, I mean, the giant is two twenty five, and it's the same giant everybody else has, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. And the you Chaos no longer, Spawn yeah. is the same thing it was when we it, same thing everybody realized. Eighth edition made Chaos Spawn a, a zero minus choice. Pretty much. I, um, I fought against one. Kevin Bruins took one, and really just ran it forward into the Ungor, and the Ungor simply could not kill it. Really, with its wow. high toughness and Ungor only strength three, so it tied up the Ungor for quite a while. I, I suppose it's fifty-five points if you're running. Maybe you know if you're running your three Razor Gore chaff and you need more, you could take this, this for another fifty-five and throw it out there. I think this guy could be solid as someone to protect your wizards that are at the shard of the herdstone. You just mm-hmm. keep running them back and forth till something gets close and right. smack into it. Um, but but I don't th- know. Doesn't he have that random movement thing? Yeah, two d six. Yeah, yeah. he's got to move, so you can't even protect because he's just. Well, you just run them back and forth, you know, <laughs> left and right, left mm-hmm. and right, and then once someone march, gets march. close, you just go at him. So right. it kind of creates a little uh, threat zone. It's kind of funny yeah. just picturing this spawn just marching <laughs> back and forth in a line. It's yeah. like stalking. It's it's play. Yeah, yeah I think the, maybe out on the flanks, just getting in the way. I love I love these as in theory. Like back in before eighth, you you know you'd see them in a warrior's unit right. and stuff, and it's just this big mass of just tentacle. It's like some some Cthulhu tentacled it's thing. Just blob. Exactly. But it's, yeah, unbreakable. Yeah, uh, yeah toughness five, like you said. It's, uh, yeah, it could buy yeah, you some time. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Then that's why it doesn't matter what the Ungor have. They have mm-hmm. a hard, hard time doing wounds to it. And it's only on a 40 mil, so right. popping yeah. eight attacks at it per turn. And if I happen to hit, I gotta roll sixes to wound. It's just not that, not that likely. So yeah. it worked for Kevin. 
So let's let's get a little crazy here, guys. Let's mix it up. Get a little wild. Uh, <laughs> we getting to it or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want, I, I already am. Crazy. What are you guys waiting for? I'll hook up the video camera here on the Skype. Yeah, can we turn want. on the, the <laughs> Skype video? <here? laughs> uh, we got three rares. So why don't we do this? Why don't we start with your least favorite, Johnny? Instead of just necessarily going down the line, let's get crazy. Let's not follow the page and go down the line. All right. Uh, of so the three then, of these, which one's your least favorite? So the one that. Uh, I don't have built and I'm not working on would definitely be a Cygor. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and go ahead, sorry. Do uh, you want to cover do we want to cover his little special moves so we can sort of cover what his specialties are real quick? Sure. Uh let's see, he's got ghost sight. Um they got that one eyeball and they don't see the real world really well. But they can see magic. Right. So um when fighting wizards Models with any sort of magic item or magic attacks, undead, or anything with a ward save, they can re-roll fail to hit rolls because they right. don't have primal fury. So they get that. And he needs that because he's weapon skill too. Yeah, I think that's okay. kind of an explanation for why he's so low weapon skill uh-huh. he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's basically he's a stone thrower. Yeah. He can do that with no minimum range. It can move but not march and fire it. If he misfires, he takes a wound. And then he's got Soul Eater. All enemy wizards within 24 inches of one or more Cygor must take a leadership test at the beginning of the magic phase. If they fail their leadership test, then any spell he fails to cast that magic phase is a miscast. Now, this seemed pretty solid, but what it comes down to is leadership test. And the way the game goes, people just don't fail leadership tests very often. With the BSB, with General's leaderships around. Because um, I proxied this guy a few times and tried it out. Um, and it, if it worked, and I got the Chaos Giant painted, so I was actually going to just put an eye patch on him and call him a Psygor <laughs> so when I was covered up. But uh, it just it just didn't work. It never would do anything. So Yeah, it's got magic resistance, too. It's stubborn. It causes terror. It's immune to psychology. I mean, it's... It's another one that looked like a really cool idea. In fact, uh, if uh, if you've read, I was I read Orion, the uh, Wood Elf mm-hmm. book from Black Library. Sure. And one of these things shows up in the middle of the field as they're calling all these dryads and spirit, you know, tree spirits to go after the beastmen. One of these things shows up and raises holy hell, starts <laughs> killing spell singers, uh, and it took forever to take this thing down. And fluff wise, it's the it's really cool. It's neat. Yeah, I agree with that. And but game wise, it doesn't take much at all to take it down. Right. It's a. It's another thing. It's a. It's. It, it's got the stone thrower, which could be useful. Yeah, useful. It, it can move yeah. and shoot. Yeah. You guys don't have a lot of shooting. Having a nice stone thrower to soften things up might. But it's a two hundred seventy-five point stone thrower then. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's might, you know the dwarves have got, expensive ones and they can ruin them up to hell and it wouldn't cost that much. Right. Two big downsides. Number one, it's just so expensive. Mm-hmm. But then number two, um, shit, I lost my train of thought. My girlfriend just came home. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, What's she wearing? <laughs> uh, roller derby spandex. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had uh, to ask. I got a little. See, he's, he's been on the show now. I'm, you know, He's inducted. Uh, so, a, yeah. Other than like high points costs. Uh, no save whatsoever. Oh, and so right. you run into someone with a lot of shooting, they're just going to pepper it dead. 
or even those cannon shots. You have right. just no defense to them. So it's it's just easy to kill them. For 275 points, you might as well just take another unit of Bestigor or something. Right. Jeez, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. All right, so this guy is a no on your list. Who's the... Who comes in in the middle? Who come, takes second place out of these three? Next, I'd probably say the Jabba's Law. Mm-hmm. All right. And good things about it, it can fly. But once again, well, I guess we'll go over the stats because we did for all the other ones. So it's move eight, but it flies. This guy's at least weapon skill four. He's got BS four, which is decent because he has a shooting attack. Uh, strength five, tough five. Five wounds, initiative three, five attacks, and leadership nine. Um, this guy is not stubborn, whereas pretty much ev- every other big monster is. So that hurts him a bit because you can't really get him locked into a combat. Um, the fly is solid, though, because you can get around behind people. And I tried this guy uh, at the Adepticon 3,000-point tournament. Did you, last- had a, you had a custom-built uh, model for this one, right? Yeah. I, I remember that. That turned out really good. Lot- yeah, he turned out pretty awesome. And it's really unfortunate that he's just not very good in the game. <laughs> Um, I got kind of got looped in by the fluff and the just the cool idea of it, and didn't really think too much about the rules at the time. But and here's uh, another one: it's got three, it's got three special rules, and they all sound cool at first, and then you're like, "Well, wait." <laughs> uh, Aura of Madness: Every enemy unit within 12 inches of one of these things takes a leadership test. For every point by which they fail it, it takes a wound with no armor saves. They've yeah. uh, the the members have gone insane seeing this thing and they're gone unless they're immune to psychology and then they don't that's yeah, they ignore it they're <laughs> not affected uh it's got a it's got a shooting attack with its tongue it's got it's a strength five 12 inch shooting attack so it's got a single shot strength five 12 inch range which man yeah that's, exactly yeah. Like, for what? <laughs> and right. then uh, for every wound caused on it in close combat, the attacking unit takes a strength five hit automatically, uh, distributed as shooting. So if you hit it, it's hit you. It's got blood bile in its blood, and if you hit it, it sprays that bile blood on you, and you take a strength five, five hit back. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's all right, but you don't want that to happen because that means yeah, you're exactly. right, right. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, it's got it, if if you fail. Once again, failing a leadership test and taking that many wounds with no bonus to it, you know, yeah. like because the, the a lot of stuff in the Vampire Army does that, but the Banshees get a plus two, so it's like you you get a you can get a little more. Uh, the Terror Geist got its wounds, just a straight up leadership fail. Well, maybe if you in conjunction with uh, Doom and Darkness from the Lore of Death, you cast that, throw this guy out on the flank again. Mornfang could be susceptible to this. Yeah, oh, yeah. strip off a, a model or two. This guy worked out all right. Uh, I just kind of flew him around in a high elf backfield, and he took out two high elf war machines with that aura oh, madness. Yeah. So, yeah. only leader eight, I think, and only two wounds. Yeah. yeah, so that was yeah. pretty pretty decent work for him. Hmm. At least he killed something that game. <laughs> <laughs> was that high elf player? Was he shooting the Jabber's life with his war machines? Uh, I think he was trying to, but wasn't having much success. Didn't kill it in time. Hmm. Yeah. Fun. Tough five is all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess your number one is the Gorgon. Yeah, and mostly because I fought against uh, Bruins with the double Gorgon, and they're intimidating. One of the few things that are toughness six um, can really dish it out. Move seven, weapon skill four, strength six, tough six, six wounds, initiative three, six attacks, and leadership ten. 
so they actually do get the stubborn. Um, and then you know they have the same rules as the Minotaur with blood greed, where they gain extra attacks the more things or the more rounds of combat they win. But they also only overrun or pursue one d six. Oh, a yeah, large yeah. target. Yeah, which is kind of bad. These guys can actually gain wounds back though. Through uh, you want to read their special special rules, Dave? Yeah, sure. Um, um, well, it's got swallowed whole, right? Which is you can give up all your attacks and do one attack at initiative one. It's got killing blow on a four plus to on its wound. Right, which is pretty solid. That is pretty good. Have you ever killed a character with that? I've never even fielded a Gorgon. So. <laughs> it's your but favorite. I, that would be a big no. <laughs> uh, and I, then, I just know what it can do because I fought Kevin, who had two of them, and it was it was intimidating. You got to go over it's, but it's got to be a character killer because killing blow doesn't work on any of the big things. Uh, yeah, character on foot or uh, mounted on a on a horse. Yeah, so you, it's it's basically going for characters. Cause yeah. You, yeah. But stubborn ten, I mean, you can go up and just risk it. Oh yeah, just put all, put your put that attack on him every turn. If you got a tournament roll, re-roll so much mm-hmm. the better. Yep. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and then the other one is strength from flesh. As the gorgon chomps the enemy battle line, the flesh its flesh flushes red and its wounds renit. Each time a gorgon causes a killing blow with the swallowed whole rule, it gets d three wounds back. That's pretty so good. So it's got six wounds. So you throw it up. You try to. You try this swallowed whole thing, and basically, if you get a hit, you got a fifty-fifty shot of killing the model and no. getting back some wounds. So, if you're faced off against a big rank and file unit with no character, and they're kind of plinking away at you, you can go for one guy, get your D three wounds back, and you're still yeah. doing damage from thunder. And you're on a stubborn ten, so you're even yeah. if you lose the combat, you're rolling. You just you know you got the, well, the, the thunder stomp might bring you back in line. Well, that's maybe true. they're making the break test. Who knows? Oh yeah. So yeah, it does. This one does. Now they're all two hundred and seventy-five points. All three of them. Does that yeah, seem excessive I'd, to anybody besides me? I mean, even for the Gorgon, it's which sound. I mean, they all sound cool. I don't that know. Is I think, excessive, and I think that's why you don't really see them too much. The, the Gorgon does have a presence on the table, to be sure. Oh yeah. yeah. So that that might make it worth it. The the Jabber Slight seems like more like a flying sniper type monster. Yeah, it's 275 points is hard to justify on the jabber because yeah. it's not survivable. It's not even stubborn, so you can't reliably charge it in and hold someone up. It doesn't do a lot of wounds. I don't know. When I when I tried it, I even ran it into a block of Skaven Slaves and ended up bouncing off. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Ugh, wow. I got bad luck, mind you, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was when I shelved it, and I haven't played it since. So. so, I mean, do you? I'm assuming you just basically don't take a lot of rares ever in your army. I never take rares, so just cool and special. That gives you more points for uh, more bestigors and chariots. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that seems to be the thing with this army. This is this is your. At least fluff-wise. All of a sudden, you're fighting, and out of the forest, just more and more of these things keep coming. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd, though, because rare is usually, like, the pride, the coveted slot. Yeah, like, they're usually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, whoever wrote this obviously meant it to be the coveted slot, but... Uh, <laughs> Not so much. Because it's all... I mean, it's it's it's, it's it reminds me, in a way, almost of your... Uh, the... Uh, 
White Lion, Swordmaster, Phoenix Oh, yeah, Guard. the special they're, troop they're, trifecta. They're all the same points. One guy is really good at killing magic. magic. One guy is really just tough and sustainable, can sit there, kill, 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 killing blow, get his wounds back. And the other one uh, causes the terror and, and does a little bit of snipery stuff. And they're all the same points, and you can just pick one per your play style. Unfortunately, they're all <laughs> about the same, and they're all about mediocre. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and they're all a ton of points here. So It is a lot of points. So I'd probably take a spawn before I'd take any of the big monsters. <laughs> well, you know, Bruins takes the double Gorgons. I wonder if there's anything... I don't know if this is really valid, but maybe doing a dubber, double jabber? If you've got two monsters flying around in your backfield and then you're, the battle line advancing to your front, it's a lot to try to deal with. I don't know. Yeah, well, if you had two, you could at least double charge and just thunder stomp the piss out of True. someone. Yeah, 2d6 <laughs> from five. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. I don't know. And to me, that just seems like now you got two really bad choices, <laughs> whereas at least Gorgons can really dish it out. So. Right. I mean, they're not optimal, but you know, you play them enough, you're going to figure out how they play best, and, and you can stick to that. And maybe that's true for Jabber Slice as well. You, know, you mentioned combining it with a Laura, Laura Death. So if you're making them take two leadership tests per turn with minus three leadership, you might start getting wounds through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are we done with the rares, I guess? Do you want to hit the Gifts of Chaos? Sure. So now these gifts of chaos, uh, beastmen have two, four, six, eight gifts of chaos they can take. They can only take it once per army, yeah. but, uh, on any character. Um, I mean, some of them. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, uh, there's some really expensive ones. I had a couple questions, and then there's some cheapies. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, ten points for uncanny senses. You got plus one initiative. Right. Or, or five points for shadow hide. If he's at least partially in cover, it's a further minus one to hit it. From shooting, I don't know why you'd ever take Shadowhide. I don't, or, or even Uncanny Senses. You know, I mean, well, you take Uncanny Senses on a Doom Bowl to get them better in niche. Uh, if you gave them the ASF Sword, so that you know you're rerolling your hits, that's okay. the only reason that I've ever seen that taken. Um, but Shadowhide, no. for what? <laughs> yeah. Well, like here, Rune of the True Beast, 15 points. Uh, ridden Monsters, Monsters, Steeds, Pulling Chariots. Uh, uh, Cavalry Monsters, minus one to hit the model, bearing the Rune of the So basically anything that's, that would be considered an animal is right. minus and one to hit him. It used to be that uh, in the old book there was something similar, and you know monsters, all those kinds of animals just simply couldn't attack him. And that would be all right. Oh, that's better. If it was like that, I mean, it would be worth as much as 20 mm-hmm. points easy. <laughs> yeah. um, but a minus one to hit, dude, you're still not going to charge a character in against like a dragon or right. something that would make a difference. So Yeah, you're right, <laughs> so, though. But if that dragon couldn't attack at all, that would be huge. Uh, it would be smoking hot. <laughs> now, there's two other ones that I'm just questioning if you ever would bother taking. Uh, slug skin, 30 points, enemy models in base contact at the start of close combat, take a strength three hit. Before anyone uh, attacks, stick your bro on a chariot. Yeah, you might get four or five guys with this. Okay. Um, other than that, ah, I don't know. For thirty points, you're, you're going to affect probably two models because usually your dude's on one of the corners of the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a strength three hit, right? You know, right. And then the and other it, one, 
was the mini Liam. Well, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, and they still get an armor save, so. Right. Yeah, true. Uh, for 30 points, meh. But it looks like they count towards combat res based on the way it's read there, because it happens in the combat phase. Yeah. Right? So you might rack up some free combat res. And then uh, Many-Limbed Fiend, 20 points. He's got extra arms. He sprouts extra arms. So he gets <laughs> an, a bonus attack at his base strength with no extra bonuses for equipment or weapons. So it's 20 points for one extra attack at whatever your stat line is. Which, nah. For 20 points. Exactly. It just yeah. all just seems junk. It's um, a good conversion opportunity. Yeah, well, bear in mind you're re-rolling those attacks with Beast yeah, Lords true. and Gorgors and stuff, so it, it's more likely to pay off, but still 20 points is crazy. Now, the ones that seemed, I thought might be good. Now, Gouge Tusk, basically 15 points to give an armor piercing, which could be pretty good. If you got a strength 4 guy or you know something like that. They mean, it's that, minus 2 to the save. Yeah, it's just that extra bonus to the save. And, I mean, you're putting these... Yeah, I can see that characters most of the time those guys are probably strength five anyway getting yeah. that armor piercing is just you know that little bit of armor anything you do to get rid of their armor save i always like no that seems like a decent choice but i've never seen it and i've never tried it so <laughs> now, how, did i hear you say you've used gnarled hide before yeah gnarled hide is awesome because it's a five up scaly skin that's combinable with other armor so for 15 points you can essentially get yourself to, you know, that's how you get your BSB Wargore to a two-up two armor two up, save. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 15 uh, points for that is actually a pretty good that price. That sounds really good, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think heavy armor was like only six points or something. Um, but then, so heavy armor for like a Beast Lord is six points. Mm -hmm. And this is 15 for essentially the same effect, but it's the fact that it gets you, you can combine, yeah, down two more, to 2+. Plus. Right. That's, that's huge. So, yeah. And then you get the enchanted shield, and he's got a 1-up armor save. And it's like, there you right. go. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> now, the only other one left, and this is the one that I was curious about, is the Crown of Horns, which uh, it's 75 points. The model and the, his unit are stubborn. It's the right. second stubborn crown, basically. And is yeah. it worth it to have the double stubborn crown? So it's... Instead of the 35 points for a crown of command, I mean, you could take this for over twice that. Well, I'm not saying it's uh, bad, so but I'm you, saying if you... If, in addition to... Right. Well, I mean, so the you one, could take... Yeah. You take this, but 75 points means it has to be on a lord-level character. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah. It and doesn't, then doesn't leave much points for, for right. protective gear on that guy. Uh, then I guess my answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could still give, like, a Great Bray the crown of command... And then pop this on your Beast Lord, uh, and then you could stick them in two different units. Um, it might be all right. You know, there's some times when you really wish that Gore Horde was was stubborn. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could probably build something around that. If you know, if you had a second unit of Bestigore, yeah, that'd be yeah, pretty solid. I think they so, keep on chopping away with the strength six. Yeah, rolling to hit. Yeah, I don't think it's a definite non-take, but I think if you're going to take it, you have to have some greater thing in mind because the Chronic Command is so much cheaper. So, cheap. yeah. so, so, so yeah. basically, out of these eight, the the Armor Piercing for 15 and the Scaly Skin for 15 are the two that might... that well, One would definitely entice you to take it, and one might. Do you, yeah, the only one I've ever really taken is Gnarled Hide, and the only other one I've ever seen is Uncanny Senses, so... Okay. Okay. Um, 
Do you guys want to hit the magic items before we take a break? I mean, there's a bunch of them, but we can kind of maybe do the notable ones. Yeah, yeah, I got some notes here on which ones. Yeah, and I had stink, I, had, a, I so. had questions on a few, so sure. I suppose if we start down the beginning and we could just see which ones, if there's any ones you want to talk about. Primeval Club seemed funny to me. A hundred points to basically points, give yes. him. I mean, basically he's got Mind Razor, except it's not on his <laughs> leadership. It's on the leadership of who you're attacking. Yeah, a hundred points to hit a guy wow. with the strength of his leadership. That like for what really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. When a great weapon is like eight points, or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Save yourself the ninety-two points. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so, and then yeah. uh, the for seventy-five points, you get a killing blow weapon. That as soon as he kills someone in a challenge, him and his unit are unbreakable and cause terror. Well, it's only if he kills an enemy character in a challenge. Oh, yeah. So Unichamp wouldn't count. Um, oh, that's, well, champ, Unichamp wouldn't count for a character, would it? No. Right. For a break of one terror. Eh. 75 it's points to first you gotta get him. You got to get him in. You got to get him fighting. And well, I think that's the same thing with the crown, though. How are you going to how you how are you going to give him enough armor to kill a, you know, have him right. live against a character? It's interesting. If you could get him in with a hero level character, you're fine. Most other lord level fighty characters will smoke this guy without a problem because people are typically kitted out to be survivable. And if you take this, you have your strength five, and that's it. Well, you guess you have killing blow, but I mean, you, you can't yeah, really can't bank rely on that. On it, yeah. yeah. Hey, strength, well, your strength four attacks with primal fury. But if you're fighting a lord, you're going to be hitting on fours. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If you get four hits, I mean, odds are you... Joel Rogers would say you're always going to roll a six. <laughs> always? That's more of a Joel Rogers thing. Yeah, yeah, if you roll four dice. Well, you're going to roll a six for one of them. So. But he says that about two dice. So, <laughs> so. so um, But 75 points is insane. Stone, no way. Stone Crusher Mace I thought was interesting. At least interesting. I marked it up here. It's it's basically an ogre sword. It's plus three strength, just like the ogre blade. Okay. But when you roll to wound against war machines, chariots, war altars, war shrines, steam tanks, corpse guard, any of that stuff, your strength is ten. Yeah, it's solid. So it's, it's I mean, five points. Right. Yeah, I, I, like I said, well, I mean, if you take an ogre blade, it's sixty for a plus three strength, and that's in the main book. Oh, so sure. basically what they're saying is for an extra five points, if he's going to go up against any of these stupid tough things, you know, like, you know. Right. <laughs> it, you know, it was much better when steam tanks used to be toughness 10. Then I can kind of see it. But now that steam tanks are tough six, oh, that with the plus, you don't really need it. But with the one-up armor save, that's the one thing I'm considering is that uh, you need, uh, well, strength four takes it to a two, five, six, seven, eight. You need to get to strength nine to to, to eliminate its armor save. Yeah. Eh. I'm just saying Eight. anything with anything with a one up armor save. You, this this takes that right, yeah, out of the out of the game. Yeah. yeah, I think if you were gonna take that ogre blade and you had the option to take this, you would always take this instead. Yeah, for that, five points. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I've, so. I've seen people take the ogre blade before. I've seen Alex uh, Nikotenko take ogre blades on in his in with on his fighty vamp. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're going to take that, I was just saying, for five points more, that's worth the five points. I would say every points. time I would. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what else in here? Anything else here that you really like or just don't? Yeah, I flagged the axe as a Korgor. Um, 
So you get plus one attack because it counts as... Um, but I think it's two axes, so essentially it's two hand weapons. But you get plus one attack, and then you get to re-roll uh, any hits in close combat. Um, so if you put this on your Minotaur guys, um, pretty solid because there's your re-rolls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and Minotaur cool. are already dealing out a fair amount of attacks, and this just adds one more to the mix. Yeah, um, I marked the same thing. I said it's pointless to really give this to anyone who's got Primal Fury. Right, but Minotaur, that's that's... The, almost the number one reason you take a beast lord over a minotaur lord or minotaur character is because primal fury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same goes for most of the troops. So this mitigates that, anyways. Um, yeah, forty points. Yeah, forty points for two hand weapons and rerolling. That's that's pretty pricey. But um, well, the other. Go ahead. Sorry. I also flagged steel claws. Um, okay. Which gives you plus D3 attacks, and then on a 6, if you roll a 6 for the number of attacks, you ignore armor saves. Um, that's pretty solid. That's kind of cool. I like that. I noticed everybody skipped the spear that acts like a bolt thrower and the man-gelder. I just love the name of that one, the man-gelder. <laughs> <laughs> it causes terror, and any model wounded by it loses one point of leadership for every wound it takes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, you're going to come and cut off my junk. I'm terrified, too. Right there. I'm just telling you, that's pretty much it. Wait. Yep. Are you telling me your weapon is named the Man Gilder? <laughs> Bro, I'm out of here. <laughs> you win. Wow. I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, you know, that hunting spear, which we glossed over, but if you combine that with like a double Cygor, now you got a bolt door and two stone doors in your army. <laughs> Throw that in with your Ungor Raiders, and you got some, a massive shooty uh, gun line there. Yeah, I got. Beastman gunline, bro. There, there's, there's your theme. That's the next. Yeah, proxy that out. Let us know how that. That's the next. Uh, uh, just sort of bizarro challenge you're gonna do with Rogers. You'll take the um, you'll take the Ungor gunline against some bizarre thing that he's gonna put together with his uh with with his woodies or something. I wouldn't mind that. He's been playing those demons, and I don't even think he's lost yet. It's oh, really terrible to play against him. I was playing against Chris Mullen, and he's just he's been playing him so long, and they are it's like hard. There's no bad choices, and it's just like yeah. if you don't play a perfect game against him, it's like oh here I'm just going to take off all your models. And yeah, uh, typically you have to get a little bit lucky, but since Raj is always packing a little luck of the Raj, the luck of the Raj. Right, right. so. so um, Oh, two more weapons. How about that? <laughs> yeah, we got two more. Brass Cleaver. Plus so this one. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you, uh, 30 points. You get an extra attack, uh, again, for every model in base contact, essentially. Um, in a, but in a challenge, you only get one. So this one I flagged as being decent if you want to toss your dude on a chariot because, once again, you know, that's four or five models. Um, I guess four. But So now you're rocking four extra attacks. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a good, uh, good use for it. Um, I can see that for 30 points. Yeah. If, if Problem is, if he's on a chair, he's not going to probably make it there. But. <laughs> true. Or maybe you throw this on the guy on the flying carpet, because the same deal. You're probably going to be in base contact with more models. Ah, uh, yeah. If you put it on, like, a Minotaur who's on a bigger yeah. base. Yeah, that'd be a solid choice, too. Huh. Um, except... Like the alternative to the Minotaur is the ASF sword, so you're getting those re rolls. Yeah, you're that's true. Finished, and which is so much better than more attacks. That's probably is that cheaper too? Uh, I'm not sure what the ASF sword is because I don't have that book here right now. But which one? 
the Always Strike First Sword from the BRB. I think yeah. that's cheaper than 30 points, but I don't remember no, offhand. I, think it, I thought it was 30 points. I could have almost sworn it? it was no. 30 points. I'll look it up real quick while you're talking. What about the Everbleed? I wrote down a note here, too difficult to be useful. Yeah, that's worthless. So, this so if you wound, then you roll a D6, and if you roll a 6, they take another wound, and they keep taking wounds for however many 6s you roll. For that's 25 points. Save your tournament rerolls for that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for 25 yeah, points. that's dude. a rip. It's not even like a great weapon. It doesn't give you any better strength. It doesn't do dick except keep doing wounds yeah. if you can keep on sixes. That one's, that one's laughable. Yeah, it's, it's a real joke. We were talking the ASF sword. Yeah. 25 yeah. points. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So ASF sword is cheaper than this guy. Hmm. Other than the brass cleaver, but. Right. I don't know. I don't. If anybody took Everbleed, I mean, that, you should rename I mean, that the Neverbleed. Yeah. Never <laughs> Actually, I will pen that into my book right now. <laughs> Putting an end in front there of it. Go. There you go. Neverbleed. <laughs> I'm gonna start giving that uh, to my Minotaur champion every game. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at this armor real quick. Uh, I wrote that I might take the Blade Blunter armor. I uh, wanted to take this in the uh, arena of death at North Star, but I didn't get there in time. Because if no, so you roll ahead. a you roll a d six at the end of each round of combat for each magic weapon that hit the wearer of this armor on a f- two plus, the item loses its special rules and ceases to count as a magic weapon. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's heavy armor, so but I mean, fifty points yeah. is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean. You don't get the 50-point heavy armor with the ward save, but those characters that are coming up, and this this might almost be something you throw on as a trick. You put it on a uh, on a hero-level character, and then you get your crazy vampire with the ASF sword, or you get some dwarf with a ruined-up sword, and he hits him. Let's take away that magic and item. Suddenly he doesn't have that magic item anymore. Uh, it might yeah, you know, uh, a way to slow down. It's a lot of points to do it. It just it looked like something. That, there's another one that I looked at and said, oh, that's kind of awesome. You I know, know that it would ever work. I'm constantly falling for against Rogers is the great unclean one with the weapon that automatically hits and does a D6 oh, wounds. Yeah, so stick this, yeah, so stick yeah. this on a Wargor, run him right into the great unclean one's face, and just be like, hit me, bitch. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 sword. Yeah, that would actually be a pretty solid option. Or just put him in a unit that you're going to set up across from the Great Unclean One and then challenge him out or something. Um, yeah, if you're playing against someone, especially if you know they're taking expen- if they take expensive magic weapons, that 60-point right. Ogre Blade, it's like, oh, yeah, you got this guy, but I negated that. And suddenly you're, you're, you're whatever it is you're using that is making that guy so awesome. It's like, oh, you just kind of neutered him a bit. Yeah, uh, I can't even think of any other weapons that are as good as what you call it, bail sword. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, yeah, that is just insanely good. So you're going up against Empire, that Rune Fang. Yeah, screw your Rune Fang. I'm taking it away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you killed me, sure enough. But guess what? On a two plus, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> now the rest of my army can run you over without fear because yeah, you know, it was just terrible, terrible. <laughs> the troll hide. Does anybody like this? Fifty points for light armor with regen. I have never tried it. Um, Just you know, it's another one where for fifty points you can get heavy armor with a four up ward, right? Yeah. But I mean, this is 
it's not terrible. I think the reason you don't see it is because flaming was really popular for a long time. Well, right, yeah. And now you don't really see as much flaming, but people haven't gone back and seen this yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next two, the next one I said I kind of like. Health of the Shadow Gave? Yeah, 45 <laughs> points. Is that what it is? Shadow Gave? I think this should be Shadow Grave. Shadow or Glaive. Glaive. I would have thought uh, yeah. Shadow Glaive. Uh, Pelt of the Typo Glaive. Uh, <laughs> 45 <laughs> points, light armor, all shooting attacks are at minus one to hit. Spells that target him or his unit to tuck two from their casting roll. Yeah. So yeah, if you cast a magic spell at me, it's minus two, so... All of these little six and seven point spells that people like to toss at you. They're fireballs and well, whatnot. Basically, they be, it, it becomes a, a, a seven point spell becomes a nine point spell because you got to get those two more to cast it. It might not be bad with all the hexes that are out there. Yeah. yeah that and, seems and pretty that, solid. And that goes to the unit. So if you could put right. this on a guy, I mean, it's 45 points for light armor, but it's minus one to hit him in shooting. Just try to keep his butt out of combat. Maybe on a Nowadays. hero inside your Bestigor unit or something. I mean, I just it, yeah. I, it, I just wrote I kind of like this one because that minus two to can, just magic can mess you up so many ways from Sunday. And if you can, sure. it's it's can't, rare to see something like this that just messes up every spell thrown at it. It can't go on a on a wizard, so you'd have to put it on a wargore or a beast lord. Oh, um, yeah, unless you're taking Minotaur because it is magic armor. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, it's magic armor. armor. Unless you somehow got a slaughtermaster in your army, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> more crap from the ogre army. Um, um, yeah, I mean, maybe. But, it's, I mean, like I said, it's 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 something that would be way down the list of choices. I just think it might be interesting, especially if you're just playing for fun. Suddenly that gets thrown in. You wait, what are you doing now? I can't. You know, I could see it coming into play. So maybe swing a game every once in a while. Or you know what? If I don't want you shooting at this unit. Your fireballs at this unit or whatever at this unit. Right. You know, maybe the guy that's got the regen, you know, thing, put this guy next. Yeah. You're going to throw a fireball at this unit, really? Because it's going to cost you more. Throw it over there. I don't want you messing this guy up. Um, I did like the black and plate for 20 points. Yeah, this points. is a very, very good choice. Um, 20 points, heavy armor. Uh, you get a 2-plus ward save against flaming, and your whole unit gets a 4-plus ward save. Yeah, for this, twenty points, it's, it's a four up ward against flaming. I'm a, but yeah, against flaming. Yeah, it's, that's really it's good. Awesome. You're getting unit? regen basically for twenty <laughs> points. Yeah, regen that they it's, can't negate on yeah, you. Not right. even a regen. It's a four up ward against flaming. That's yeah. so you can put this, that in the unit. They've got their flaming banner. Black and play it. I'll take every time at three thousand points on a beast lord. Oh yeah, uh, and then you pray you fight. Like corn or someone mm-hmm. with like special characters. I caught uh, Ryan Nickel out with that. Uh, he's got that skull taker guy who's flaming. He's got the flaming my beast lord skunked him good with that. That's, that's good. Oh, people people just don't see that. it coming. Probably, yeah, you know, I can just see the look of shock on his face. Wait, you yeah. <laughs> like all right, two plus ward, bam. Right. <laughs> it's like oh, well, first... so much stuff has flaming, but now so much, so much, so many people are getting all these these you know taking their two plus ward flaming armor stuff. Yeah, you know. That's one of the things Chris did when we were playing. Last time I actually used the uh, Black Coach because at at about the third or fourth power-up, it gets flaming attacks. Mm. She's like, I'll throw my Dragon Princes into it. God. Right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You can't have that thing running around. (laughs) 
That's There's the rest of the game. I'm like looking for one up, uh, one looking for roll, one yeah, the rolling the ones in your armor. Yeah. <laughs> That's good times. You know, half of Chris's Chaos Dwarf army. It's got, oh, I yeah, got flaming. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You can't hurt me at all. <laughs> so that's always wonderful to have. Yeah. And the last one is that Razor Horn Helm. Six oh, a ram horn. A ram, ram horn. What the hell? Ramming speed. <laughs> Come, uh, it's, it's a six up, but it's a helmet, so you can use it with other armor. Uh, for every armor save you pass, the bearer immediately gets a bonus attack at his basic strength. And I assume Primal Fury applies to that. I would assume too. That yeah. on a combat. Yeah. I think that's a solid choice. That's pretty man. good. 15 points, not bad. You put that on your flying Minotaur with the yeah. one-up armor save. Oh, yeah. You want, you want to put on someone that, that they have to attack. You know, you put it on, mm-hmm. on someone in a unit. Well, I'm not going to attack him because I don't want you getting more attacks. But situations where they can't avoid it and you have a solid armor save, that's it's an amazing choice. Yeah. I like it a lot. Stack on the attacks there. All right. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Uh, we'll take a break. We'll hit the rest of these items. Then we'll talk about Johnny's top strategies and what he hates facing. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll be back. Gamers out there, Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea, June 22nd to 23rd, 2013. A two-day Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament held just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Meet players from around the country, compete with armies of all types. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea. For information, go to bloodinthesun.com. Back. We're back, <laughs> as David would say. Back, 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 back. <laughs> so we're into uh, Beastman magic items, enchanted items. Yeah, yeah. well, and we'll, we're gonna we're gonna pick up the pace a bit and skip the crappy one. So I think we're gonna skip this first one because <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, this shard of the Hearthstone. Who uses that? <laughs> this is probably one of the best magical items in the game, and anybody that I've played against freaking hates this thing. And I'm so dumb, I wrote one plus next to it, like you could take more than one. (laughs) (laughs) I've got ten Uh, shards. uh, (laughs) So shard of the Hearthstone, here we go. You got shard of the Hearthstone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do defecate on everything, so that's what I figured. Sounds pretty fluffy, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So this, I'm taking this because it's a fluff choice. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> change the right there. Take your pen, change the D to a T, and tell Rogers it's a fluff choice now. There you go. Courtesy <laughs> of Whitech. So what does this thing do for you? So 50 points. Uh, you drop it down when you know which side is your deployment zone, but before, uh, you, uh, yeah, before you place down any of your units. So before deployment. Um, which is actually good to note. (laughs) And then at the start of your magic phase on a 6-plus... me, man. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) That's okay. Hey, it's the first bleep of the show. I swear to God, Johnny, I had a whole thing lined up 
where I wasn't even <laughs> going to use the bleep. I was just going to say expletive deleted and just lay that in there and just start <laughs> counting them. Expletive deleted one. Expletive deleted two. I was, I was two. trying to keep it good. So You've been I'll fantastic. Read it. No, I appreciate it. Go ahead and read it. Okay. At the start of your magic phase, each friendly wizard within six inches of the herdstone generates an additional power dice, which is actually die because dice implies plural, but that's right. another story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you get an extra power die, and you can still roll for channeling. Yeah, you still channel as well. That's so huge. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's gross. Um, I that's why I always take the two level ones, mm-hmm. and they stay by it. Um, and typically I'll try to deploy so that the level four. Uh, starts right by it as well before he starts moving out. Right, and I mean it's awesome. People hate this thing, and it it'll take you roll like a, f- a four and a three, and you're like, all right, I get nine dice, and they're stuck with four. You're already right. doing well, and now you have three chances to channel because you're taking so many wizards. It's just it's just excellent, and it doesn't yeah. go anywhere if the wizard who owns it dies, right? Now, once it's placed, it's impassable terrain. Yeah. Can't be destroyed or anything. Yeah, I mean, because they brought it. They brought a giant rock there. Just because he dies, the rock doesn't go right. anywhere. And it, right. even when, uh, if you get, if I get fast chef elements out there to try to kill those wizards, you, it, you can hide behind that uh, yeah. terrain piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's such a pain. To the other yeah. side, exactly. You can't charge. Well, some bros take a really, really big one. <laughs> that yeah. makes it even worse. But I try to take <laughs> something that looks sensibly small. It's the size of that little, the little. Uh, Tower, the little GW, t- the, the little building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, either way, this is, if you want to go magic heavy, this is how you do it with Beastman. You load up on wizards and you yeah. take this. You, you're guaranteed to get yeah, something that's a good, good choice. I know the next one is only on Beast Lords of Wargors. I know this one you're taking because I know how much <laughs> you love the, the lore. <laughs> Horn of the Great Hunt. Hey, come on! It's bestial surge bounce spell. You know, I was looking at the bounce spell power level three. Uh, it's the better. Surge. It is better. The bestial surge because it affects everybody within thirty-six inches, not six inches. Yeah, see, that so makes this, sense. So if your guy's in the middle thing. of the starts in the middle of the board, it's the whole length. It's your whole, it's your whole damn yeah. army is moving. Yeah. Now this, if you could use these spells to charge, this would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, everybody would take this. Um, but it, it just. It takes away your ability to be jukey, to mm-hmm. control your guys. They're, you know, they're, it, that's why I don't take it. Well, yeah, the, the next points. one, too, the next one is really expensive, but that seems, if you're really paranoid about it. I mean, it's too, I think it's too expensive, but the Horn of the First Beast, where you get a three-foot radius on your rerolled Primal Fury rolls at all times mm-hmm. from this guy. Yeah, I would never take it because Cause it's too expensive. With the BSB, yeah, it's it's really expensive. But with the BSB, you're already rerolling it. Nobody's right. that far away, and if they are, well, nothing important is is happening that far out. Right, unless the Senegor for some god awful reason right. charges <laughs> up. But if you've done that, you're going to lose them anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Stone of Spite is that one you ever use? This one, I wrote it down. I labeled it as really good. So for 25 points, one use only, bounce spell, power level 5. Every arcane item within 18 inches immediately explodes in the hands of its bearer, friend and foe. Each bearer of an arcane item within range suffers D6 strength for hits per item. The items are immediately destroyed. Is uh, Is the hell heart an arcane item? It is. That's what I thought. That's what I wrote next to this. But it's only D6 strength 4. Yeah, but it, if you can roll high on that, 
That's. Uh, I'm just saying I hate that. Just to get rid of the Just get rid of the Hellheart before it gets rid of you. Yeah. Uh, sadly, though, dispel scrolls are arcane items. So when you cast it, it's either lose all their arcane items or just use their dispel scrolls. Right. So oh yeah. If that was there, they would just you know. So their wizard takes no hits because mm-hmm. I'll just use the scroll. You have, you have already, to six die it uh, unless they've already it. used it. I don't, can you irresistible a bound item? Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. do, it just uh, it goes away. If, yeah. It uh, burns up. Unless they, like I said, unless you force them to use their scroll earlier in the game, this might be right. something, you know. Yeah, no, this would be something fun to play around with. Yeah. It's only an eighteen-inch range, so you got to get them in there. But I remember when this book dropped that this item was like, you know, the terror of everyone. Happy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've never seen it in practice. I think part of it is you don't want to blow up your own stuff to make it safe. You got to move sure. anyone who's got an arcane item the heck away from this guy. Yeah, let me see what I have for arcane items. The only arcane item I have is a dispel scroll yeah. in my 400-point build. So now This one's enchanted, so you could put this on a non-wizard. Right. So you could move him up, especially, once again, I, I, I know I'm mentioning the Hellheart, but it's the one arcane item that I always go, eh. You could move him up, keep your wizard back so he's not getting Hellhearted <laughs> or, or caught by this, and then, boom, pop that right out. So Yeah, that's Hellhard is solid, and I've... Lost games because of it a few times. Oh so. yeah, oh, I, think, yeah. I think we so all have. Well. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm overly sensitive to the Hellheart because all of my vampires are wizards, and I can't afford to let my <laughs> general. <laughs> true. Yeah, uh, you roll a misspell for nothing. Oh, son of a. <laughs> Hellheart uh, is really bad against uh, beasts because you're all gathered around the damn shard of the Hearthstone. So. Yeah, true. Oh, no, so right, you roll up and explode yeah. around you. <laughs> and if anything's yeah. a template and you're standing too close, you start screwing yourselves doubly. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you see that, you literally have to forsake the shard and just get the heck out of there. Hmm. Focus your death magic sniper spells on right. the guy you think has the heart. <laughs> Based so, on the fact that he's moving at you. <laughs> any, any of these other two enchanted items? Nah, skin of man is crap. <laughs> the confidence makes no sense to me. Yeah, so make their musicians have no effect for 15 points. Mm, nah. In the same combat. So for 15 points, if we tie, <laughs> your musician, your musician doesn't. doesn't win the tie for you. Uh, what, what that hell? happens like once every yeah. like 10 games. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the way the game works, either you get smoked or you smoke someone. Right. I mean, I've for had the most it, I mean, I have it happen every once in a while. It's why I put a musician in, just in case of that. But Oh, yeah. You, you would never risk that for right. five points on a musician or whatever. But for 15... For 15, nah, if we nah. tie, I'm, I'm, my musicians are going to win this, not your musicians. So then you lose combat by one. You know, <laughs> <Exactly. big deal. laughs> uh, yeah. I I wouldn't take it. Skin of Man was the other one for 15 points uh, to give a Bray Shaman the scout ability. (laughs) (laughs) The Uh, idea, the fluff behind that is funny, though. That's the guy who, now he's got the lore of beasts. He scouts up, and then he's using his... uh, Bray Scream, baby. Bray Bray Scream scream and his... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the combo. That's where it works. The Bray Shaman can scout up, he can scream, and then he can traitor kin. That's the item that makes the that's that made the lore of the wild right there. Those big that's beast it. guys got some fake skin on him. Is he really fooling anyone? And he's got the he's got the magic carpet, so after he does it he can get the heck out of there. See, I guess. You, it works. Yeah, this is this combo can't be beaten, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> You're gonna start seeing this now. <laughs> Everybody's gonna have it. <laughs> um this Ionite Tales? I wrote 
Down seems expensive, but good versus maybe a slant or a light spam. What's that? The I have knight. Uh, oh, okay. Magic resistance two, and any if an enemy wizard within twenty four inches attempts to cap spells from life, heavens, or light, and they get a miscast, you can make them reroll. Yeah, maybe. Mr two is thirty points, and then for the extra fifteen, Mr two is thirty points in the main book. For an extra fifteen life wizards, heavens, and light wizards, that light spam oh, stuff. Man. Yeah, this actually would be solid against Rogers because he takes a lore master on life and a lore master on oh, of that light. Oh, would be perfect. And, yeah, that would be smoking hot. <laughs> you just got to make sure to stop uh, Throne of Vines, take away his 2-plus oh, yeah. miscast protection. Yeah. 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 That's that's the only dispel I get every time. So. Yeah. <laughs> and magic resistance, too, is never bad. No, that's solid. Um, yeah, he, he's there's magic missiles in those lures, so yeah. direct damage, so... There you go. Yeah, not bad. All right, what else in this list do you got? Chris, did you mark any, or did you go through any of these and see anything that you really liked? Uh, Chalice think, of Dark Rain. Yeah, that one's, that one, I hear that come up quite often. Yeah. One use only. Beginning of the enemy shooting phase, Bear can summon a storm of mud and worms with which to blind his enemies. For the rest of the phase, all enemy missile units are minus one to hit. Weapons or attacks that didn't use BS skill may only fire on the roll of a four plus. Right, so it's a lot like the Storm Banner from yeah. Skaven, except Storm Banner might keep going, and this is only one For turn. One use, uh, um, plus it, 10 points cheaper. Is it worth the 40? I, the only reason I didn't mark it as good, because it's one use only for 40 points, it's minus one. It's, I mean, un- unless it comes in at that crucial moment. Well, I mean, you get to pick that crucial moment, so... Right. Yeah. Sure, man. Which is probably going to be round one or two. <laughs> facing a lot of war machines, you know, yeah. shut them down. Yeah. Against those stupid dark elf lists, um, even 20 guys are packing 40 shots. This is huge. Now, you know, when they start double tapping with range, and if they move, they're going to need sevens instead of sixes. That's huge. That's true. So, or if you're running monster heavy like, uh, like Bruins is, this could help your monsters get in there. Yeah, I want to say that he used this. Hmm. I know I fought against this somewhere, and he's one of the few other beast map players I've played against. So, um, I think it's an option. You, know, you got to kind of build your list with Around this in it, mind yeah. and how you're going to use it. Um, but it's very viable. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Uh, any? There's four arcane items. Any of them you like? Uh, I've tried the Staff of Darkoth, which is 50 points, uh, bound spell, power level three, and it casts the Vile Tide spell, which is the five d six strength one. Um, you know, I tried it in cahoots with. The lore of the wild, just thinking maybe I can get uh, double, you know, double five d six strength mm-hmm. one on one unit, ah, right? Uh, and kind of combined with the other item in this list, which is the hag tree fetish. So for twenty points, choose an enemy unit within twenty four inches at the start of the magic phase. Any failed to wound rolls made during the magic phase against that unit may be re rolled. So hmm. I mean, you toss that into the mix. Now you got five d six strength one. So if you can do that twice and you can re-roll all your failed wounds, you might get a handful of them through, yeah. but it's a lot of points on the hope of doing Rolling a lot know, of sixes. something small. Oh, yeah. See, I, I marked the hag tree fetish as something I liked, but I didn't realize it was just during the magic phase. Oh, so yeah, if it was like yeah. combat phase, oh, that would be, be huge. awesome. Yeah, re-roll, you could re-roll, re-roll wounds yeah. as well as hits. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that skull of Rarkos... 60 points plus one to any beast man within six inches including himself 
plus one to casting results. Yeah, but it has to go on a level four, and then you can't get your four-up ward save is the issue. That's what I said. Right. I, I wrote down next to it, is it too expensive? 60 points, it's nice, but then you cut out other things. Any times you can add the cast or dispel, like I said, it always... It this grabs, is from the it, vampire player. It, it, it grabs my attention. <laughs> that's what it does. Yeah. Now I can see as well for Beastman, if you're going magic heavy, you might have two or three level ones mm-hmm. and a level four. It's definitely going to help out. Yeah, further your hurts on top of that. Yeah. Call it through a magic phase. Yeah. And like a five-up channel staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just totally go for it. And then that jagged dagger looked good until I remembered it had to be on a wizard. Well, on the level four, I mean, you just give him this for ten points, and he's got three attacks, and he's weapon skill five. And the way I take the dude, he ends up in combat every single turn. I never take the Jagged Dagger, though, mostly because I already have plenty of magic dice mm-hmm. from the shard and all that. But That's true. I mean, but what, I, this, what I like about this is, okay, any any model you kill, you put on the side. Each model kept on the side may be expended in the magic phase to allow you to roll an additional power dice. You can never have more than 12 at one time. This is something where once, you you've, once you've gone down under your 12 cap, then you can burn these guys later to get more dice. Yeah, it sounds like you just keep a pile of corpses nearby <laughs> or something. It's, it's, it's almost, like the, almost like the Dark Elf Sacrificial Dagger. Except you got to kill guys ahead of time right. and just save them. Like a, they're, like, they're like power dice batteries. Yeah, and it's enemy. You're not sacrificing spear elves. Sure. Right. <laughs> It just at uh, first it looked kind of cool for ten points. Just I think it's all right. It's not a bad choice, but um, you know, with the four up wards, they have toughness five wizard. He, yeah. Mine gets in combat most every game. So yeah, like I said, if you can get a little pile of three or four guys, suddenly if you get a nice twelve dice magic phase, you do the first spell or two that force them to dispel. And it's like, well, I got these four bodies over right. here. Yeah, even better. I mean, late game, you got eight or nine of these dudes laying around. You roll snake eyes for your magic phase. You that go. bro's only got one die. You cut loose. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. Exactly. So for ten points, eh, who knows? There's some possibilities there. Yeah. Um, so let's talk banners, boys. Yeah, let's talk banners. So the first one, Beast Banner, 75 points. The bear and any unit he has joined have a plus one bonus to their strength. This is a one-plus item in my list. Um, yeah, it's great. It's good. really expensive. You have to take it on the BSB, mm-hmm. but it makes the gore from strength three to strength four, which is the perfect bump to get. Mm-hmm. And they dish out so many attacks that it's just amazing. And yeah. then you give them wild form. That's yeah. a combo. <laughs> <sighs> That's Since it's all stackable, it's, it's so powerful. It gets stupid at some points where you <laughs> you got 40 attacks and mm-hmm. you kill like 38 dudes. It's just insane. So I would imagine more often than not, your BSB is a prime target because yeah, of the banner. Absolutely, because he's worth so many points because of the banner, but that's mm-hmm. why you give him the two-up armor. Right. Um, and he's toughness five, so he's rather survivable. True. Is the Totem uh, of Rust, which is the next one, the most useless banner in the game? Well, if you put it with the gore, it doesn't really matter. That oh. means your BSB is not getting a save. But Okay, I suppose you could do it because I was looking at the list going, the only unit in the army that can take a banner <laughs> are the Bestigor, and this basically negates their heavy armor. Yeah. <laughs> so all units within six inches, friend or foe, treat their armor save as one worse than it actually is. So right. why would you ever take it if it was friend and foe? Right. And it's it's 50 points. Who are you taking that that... If you didn't want to go for whatever reason, you know, to give... 
to take the beast banner to get the gore plus one strength, you took this instead just to reduce people's armor save mm-hmm. for some god awful well, reason. But when you're in base it's, contact, it's by two. By two. But yeah. see, including the unit itself, which is what the thing I read, all units in base contact, the unit's always in base contact with itself. So your unit's at a minus two all the time. Right. Everyone near it's sh- minus shooting. one. And then right, yeah. you get in close combat, and they're at minus two. So, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's you just... Take, yeah, put this on the best of gore, and now they get no armor saves. Exactly. Right. I'm looking at this, <laughs> this, this is the dumbest banner ever. Yeah. Let's go to war, boys. I mean, yeah. I suppose, like you said, you could put it... <laughs> this dude finds his sweet banner on the battlefield. He's like, let's do it. And no one's following. He's like, what, bro? It's clearly magical. <laughs> you totally do this. Oh, man. Yeah, I literally wrote this. I wrote, it's utterly useless because, uh, um, like I said, if you want to give your BSB this banner, but then you're losing the, the good banner. It almost works like a hex. Yeah, you put it on you're the core. They have no yeah. armor save anyway. I could see that. And then it's minus two. They're at strength five. So that's actually it becomes minus four to your armor save. I mean, you, if you want to build it around that. Mm-hmm. But still, it's just stupid. One of the most useless things to point out, like the last sentence in that, mm-hmm. this does not affect scaly skin saves. <laughs> With an exclamation point. Your like, skin dude. doesn't rust. Yeah. Fack off with the head. Right. <laughs> so worthless. It's like adding insult to injury. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, we weren't going to talk about the crappy one, right. Dave. <laughs> I wasn't, but I lied. That was so bad. I mean, I, I was stunned. I, I was like, I have to be missing something. I I, I was hoping I was. you were going to be like, no, Dave, you could use it this way. Maybe it's the writers, <laughs> like actually creating something incredibly bad on purpose and say, hey, yeah. let's see if anyone actually uses it. <laughs> Pointless limitations. <laughs> Just absurd. Um, any of the Next other ones? One. Uh, Manbane, for 35 points, all enemy units within six inches are at minus one leadership. You stack that with Doom and Darkness, that's minus four leader. That's just gross right there. Um, so it has possibilities. You can drop it on Bestigor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen it taken because I don't have a place I can take any other magic banners, and I, the two I take, my list kind of relies on, but... Yeah, this one's okay. I can see taking this, yeah. But the Beast Banner is just so good, that just blows this yeah. one right out of the water. Yeah, I agree. If you were short on points, I was looking at the Banner of Outrage, but I don't know if I'd want to do that. Automatically pass your Primal Fury test, so no you matter... You would never take it, because your enemies would hate you, yeah. and now they get rerolls too. They get rerolls on that first turn. Yeah, that's what I thought. I looked at it. Once again, it's like, oh, it looks good. Oh, the next line makes it crap. Yeah, makes it completely stupid to take. <laughs> when you you already have Primal Fury, Fury, you already have a BSB. Mm-hmm. Nah, why the hell would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, first line looks good. Next line, ugh. Someone pooped in yeah. your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an image. Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think this uh, totem of bust takes the cake for but worst unit or worst yeah. item in the, in the book. <laughs> the totem of bust. <laughs> there you go. Totem of we got, okay. So we got the totem of bust, the shard of the herdstone, and the, the never, never bleed. bleed. The there never bleed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seriously, that totem of rust is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I mean, of all the banners in all the books, yeah. I mean, because just comparatively, because it's in this particular book. You're either wasting it on a big unit of gore, 
Which I mean, you could do, and it wouldn't be horrible. You just you would never see it. Yeah, no one would ever in the right mind. <laughs> put it with my best scores. Yeah, There's an option that's so much better that you would never see that. Exactly. Exactly. If you had two BSBs, you still wouldn't take right. the total <laughs> <of> class, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh God! All right. All right. So Johnny, what's up? What's your favorite types of list builds? What what's when you're putting your armies together? I mean, most of the games are around twenty four hundred. So, what's a what are your musts and what are your uh, things that just? If I'm building this. I'm Johnny the Beast Man Hastings. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I always play the Magic build, and I mean, the only reason I've stuck with that for so long is back to the model limitation on what I have painted. But so things always have to start with. I always take three wizards. There's a Great Bray. And then there's two level ones, one that has the Shard of the Herdstone. Um, always plan on a Horde of Gore uh, with the War Gore with the Beast Banner because it's just so good. Right. Um, you know, I say it all the time that Primal Fury is just amazing. <laughs> it really, really <laughs> is. <laughs> um, now, like I said before, it will let you down on occasion in a crucial moment, but those are the breaks. So. It's when it works and it does most of the time. It's really, really good. Um, Talk about one special rule that changes the. whole... If you didn't have that special rule in this army, I mean, it would uh, this literally would be unplayable. This, yeah, everybody would probably be like two or three points cheaper or something because right. it it would just be impossible. Yeah, you'd but, have, you'd be playing it in giant hordes because I mean, it just I, I can't think of another special army special rule that is. That huge of a of a I mean I think the the high elf always strikes first is that's similar yeah yeah, yeah. but being but you, able just yeah. to re, just to being able to reroll hits every yeah, turn I mean always strikes first is nice but if you got someone who's got some decent initiative or you get your initiative hurt just that's just it's so big yeah it's it's amazing I can't say enough good about it and that's why you don't see Minotaur because. Bestigor have Primal Fury. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the number one reason. Give Minotaur Primal Fury, I'd be taking Minotaur. Yeah, that'd be a one plus for sure. Yeah, so that's how the characters generally go. Like I said before, um, to get, or I think I mentioned that, you take a Horde of Gore just to stick the BSB in because Strength 4 with that many attacks mm-hmm. is just insanely good. Yeah. Um, the other default for me is a big block of Bastagor um, with the banner discipline so that you can get better leadership to confer if you stick your general right. in there. That seems like a no-brainer as well. It's just so good. Why would you not? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that and the rest of the stuff, you just kind of build around it. Um, take what you need to block or I mean, nice you could take like a second big block of gore. Um, I've tried to find ways to not have to take the BSB with that banner and if you drop that, you have to rely on magic then. So right, that's kind of dicey. Yeah, you could take maybe two level fours, one on shadow, one on death, and then like two level ones on beasts or something like that just mm. just for the sig spells um, and then the strength hexes on opponents and toughness hexes. But, um, you know, this build is guaranteed to work. You don't have to screw around like getting spells off and hoping right. you roll good dice and all that. So... Uh, and then having this huge vulnerability of all these wizards just huddled around this her- herdstone. So um, beyond that, I, th- I mentioned how good I thought the Razor Gore were before. Mm-hmm. They're a super solid choice. They're, I mean, there's a lot of fluff or chaff units in the game now. Mm-hmm. And as far as chaff goes, these guys are 
super, super solid. So survivable. Good move. Um, I would think one of the chef units are probably among the best. The yeah, Shatlings they're only so good. Absolutely. The only real downside is that they don't have good leadership. True. Um, but yeah. four attacks. They're one of the few things that don't get Primal Fury that I still really like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And really it's just because they're tough five uh, with three wounds. They don't mm-hmm. get any armor, but with tough five you don't need it so much. Right. Um, the Razor Go Chariots, those are just great as well. A little bit expensive though. Um, if you're going to take one of those, uh, you almost might as well take two of the Tuscor Chariots. But it's it's good to mix it up and they scare people. So yeah. that alone is worthwhile. To get someone a little bit nervous about what you have is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm working on a Minotaur build. So it's like a Doom Bowl, a Gore Bowl, a little bit of magic. And then two big blocks of one eight-man Minotaur unit and then one seven-strong Minotaur unit uh, where the BSB goes. And then the Doom Bowl will be flying. Um, and you get like a horde of gore and a bunch of chariots in there and so a bunch of Ungor raiders as well um, just to try and mix it up. I'm not convinced that the Minotaur can be made to work, but I want to at least try it now that I have a ton of them painted. Yeah, might as well. If you have them, use them. Yeah, and I don't really expect a lot out of it. I don't expect to do well because one unit, the one the Gorbel goes in, is going to be frenzied, and that's just a huge liability mm-hmm. when you're and they're going to be leader eight yeah. with a reroll. They'll but, get that around a little bit. Yeah, you're still gonna you're still gonna fail that, and even if you don't, there's going to be some kind of chaff unit right in your face. So, but it'll you know it'll be nice just to try a different build. Hmm. Um, I fought against. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask. Uh, what sort of matchups when you walk up to a table and you see what sort of matchups do you like and which ones do you fear? Uh, the real downside to this army is anybody with monsters that are hard to kill, like Hydras, Run ah, Ramp. Right. Um, and then. A bombs to some extent. It, yeah, those are just insane. Yeah. I would take Hydra over an A bomb any day. A bombs just destroy my army. Yeah. Uh, I fought Kevin's double Gorgon. He had two Gorgons and a chaos giant um it was at the oktoberfest tournament but i saw that i was like oh man i'm totally hosed because i can't deal with that hmm. there's just some weaknesses like that and you know once in a while purple sun will kill one of them but sure. it's not reliable yeah that's true and that's one of the few things i have to bank on miasma and then try and purple sun it mm-hmm. but you're rolling yeah. way too many dice and you need to get lucky and sometimes yeah. you do but not very often it's a good way to kill hydras reliably but yeah, that's true uh, those other bigger monsters with decent initiative, you're, you're hosed. So. It's interesting because usually in the game at large, monsters are kind of seen as a weakness. But with uh, this army in particular, I guess it's because you don't have a lot of shooting options. Right. Maybe that's why. Yeah. And I can try and chaff them up for a while, but right. I found that even if I flank them, like if the gore flank a gorgon, doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm still hosed. Uh, <laughs> he's leader 10, stubborn. Right just going to whittle me down because I don't have the survivability. Yeah, it's now, just a matter of time. You, you start throwing some hexes and augments in that, it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference really quick, but once again, you start throwing that many dice, it's just too unreliable. Yeah. Part of the reason I quit playing dwarves was because of that. You know, you got all these war machines you need to rely on, but a third of the time, seemingly, they just kill themselves, and now what do you do, you know? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a two to three war machine build with my dwarves ever, so 
I'm all right with uh, that. Dwarves killing themselves. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I have a cannon in case you got something that needs cannoning, and then I got one to two grudge throwers, and I'm oh grudge throwers. I love the organ gun, dude. I know we're not talking about dwarves. But yeah, <laughs> organ gun's nice to defend your war machines because it's got that short range. But uh, twenty-four inches, man. I usually would put it front and center on the line and no oh. soften up for, what you're going to hit. For killing that. chaff, dude. That thing's yeah. amazing. Oh, never in thought this about build, that. Or in this current game, two of those bros might be all right. Yeah, but well, I don't want to go too much into any war machine yeah, stuff with I'm the getting dwarf, a rash because <laughs> Ben's over here with his dwarf hate. I had to He's scowling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, um, so other than that, what oh, armies? Ahead, what armies? When you, when you're uh, like, who do you start rubbing your hands together and say, okay? Because like, <laughs> is there anyone you can that you really, you know, I can take these guys? Are there any particular armies you enjoy facing more than others? Typically, that's ogres. I I like that because ogres get like a bad rap for being really tough, mm-hmm. but my army deals with them really well because I can dish out so many attacks. I'm better in ish. And one lucky purple sun will smoke half an oh, ogre yeah, army. So, like, but typically you don't even need that to go off. You just juke them up and get in on them. Um, mm-hmm. It just works. Don't let them charge you because you can't be taking all those impact hits. Right. But other than that, um, I like playing ogres. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Um, I don't know. Those That stands out as like the best one. I like his best. Most of the time I've been, I like that. Good luck against uh, Lizardmen as well. Now, part of that could be because I'm rocking Purple Sun. And, <laughs> and their initiative well. is super slow. Yeah, yeah, they have, like, ones for Anish, except yeah. for maybe yeah. Tumble Guard or two. But, yeah, I, I usually do it right against them, even if they're rocking a slan, because um, Purple Sun is still a threat. Have you ever faced the uh, double slan list that is getting a lot of hype right now? No, I never have. I haven't either. I haven't even seen that at a tournament. So, um, now the only real, real army I hate to fight is Dark Elves. Uh, yeah, that was gonna be my next question. Who do you hate to fight? Is Dark Elves, huh? They, I don't know, because they get the hatred. So first round of combat, a lot of times will decide it, and they can really dish it out just as well as I can in that round. Right. Um, yeah, they're usually rocking uh, Lord of Shadow too. Yeah, Night Razoring, whatever, and. <laughs> Yeah, and if you fail that primal fury roll, then it becomes yeah. brutal. Especially that first, that first uh, round of combat, mm-hmm. you can't fail that primal yeah. fury roll. Yeah, you're hosed if you do. Um, but you know, at that point, you're still rocking a ten up with a reroll for it. So, right. Um, so who else other than uh, dark elves? Who else do I hate to play? Yeah, uh, Skaven. Uh, Skaven are probably right there with dark elves, and. Mostly because, you know, they go with that five-wide setup, so I can't really get that many attacks on them. I can't mm-hmm. grind through them as fast as I need to. And while you're sitting there, they're shooting and magicking you to death. Well, while I'm sitting there, the A-bomb is usually yeah. killing my whole army. So That's true. <laughs> it's it's the monsters in, in both of those armies that I have a hard time with, too. You know, the Hydra can just go bat crap crazy on me. <laughs> um, and once you grind down that unit of slaves to the point where it's gone, you've earned 100 points. Right, right exactly. <laughs> oh. And then it, yeah, rarely get lucky enough to break them. So, um, now death magic kind of evens that out though, mm-hmm. because you, know, you got those snipe spells, and they work just as well on a hydra or or a um, gracier. Yeah, or gracier. Yep. Uh, those 
those wizards for like the dark elves, you know, they're not they don't have high strength. So true, true. Um, you you hit them with a caress. It's pretty solid. Yeah, I always risk it because you they can't really let like even either a caress or a spirit mm-hmm. leech they can't let it go off because they can't risk taking those wounds. Yeah, best they have is probably just the four port save and that's it. Right. That's that's typically it, and just and you can cast them both in one turn because you get so many dice with the shard of the herdstone. So you you keep them on their toes. Sometimes it works if you can take out their wizard early. Yeah. You usually do a lot better, but then you just got to find out how to deal with the Hydra. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, do you got any more questions for Johnny? Johnny, you got anything else you want to say about Beast before we wrap up, take our break, last break, and then come back and wrap up the show? Ah, Beastmen rock, dude. I like them a lot. They're fun to play. They're There's, fun to read about, for I, sure. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, reading this book, and I just flipped to the front cover because we've been making fun of all these pointless invitations. I don't know who Andy Hoare is, H-O-A-R-E, but this book was written by Andy Hoare and Phil Kelly. <laughs> and that surprised me because Phil Kelly usually writes it. I mean, unless this is one of his earlier books, Kelly writes a decent book. Yeah. So I was just like, what the hell? Uh, but, I don't know. Uh, I think this one's, I don't know. I think they were just ready for eighth, so this yeah. one got squeezed out and blah. I think this really yeah. suffered from they had the ideas for 8th and it was probably not fully played not fully played hammered through. home yep. so yeah. this is somewhere in between 7 and 8 so it works okay in 8 but it's not where it should be right I agree so, with that 100% okay. still a solid book though and uh, people you know have been performing with them so absolutely yeah. it works so Okay, uh, last break, maybe a little Wisdom of Warhammer, hopefully, and uh, then uh, we'll close it up. The Wisdom. Warhammer. Orcs has just never beaten in battle. If we win, we win. If we die, we die so it don't count as beat. If we runs for it, we don't die neither. So you can't always come back and have another go, see? Goff. Orc chopper and strategist. The wisdom of Warhammer. All right, folks, I uh, want to thank you all for listening to our Beast Men Review. Johnny, <laughs> thanks for coming on and doing this. Yeah, no sweat. It was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, oh, and might as well say it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Or yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Or Happy Hanukkah. Well, I mean, this is this episode's coming out either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Oh, okay. So I'll probably try to release it Christmas Eve early. So, so that <laughs> way when you're... Sitting there on Christmas Day with your family and they're irritating you, and you go, you could just stick your headphones in and listen to the Beastman <laughs> review. You got a Beastman <laughs> review. While you're while your fam- <laughs> while your family's crapping on your mood, you can listen to Beastmen crapping on everything. So <laughs> there you go. Folks, <laughs> 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 <So, laughs> we've gotten a bunch of iTunes reviews lately, and uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, 
Check on out to the iTunes store. Hopefully I got the new shirts up by Christmas. I think I'll have the new shirts up on the store by now. That and Garage Hammer Dice. We're still working on that. We're working on that. I got to get that logo from you with the one color. Yeah, Once yep, we got I'm that, I got that set up. I need the one color logo. We'll have Dice up soon, folks. But uh, you're going to get some money in that. Your grandma's going to give you a check for $12, and that might not be exactly enough, but go on and get a new Garage Hammer shirt with the big garage logo. There you go. Casual game and serious fluff. Or, I mean, serious fun. What the hell? <laughs> so, fluff and fun. Serious fun. <laughs> and uh, once again, uh, we'll be back on January 10th, and we'll be doing our year in review, mm-hmm. covering the stuff that GW put out all yep. this year. and uh, Good and bad. Good and bad. Uh, that'll be our three top and three bottom uh, things that they released this year. I've already got most of my list done. Three favorites. Oh, really? Three favorites. Okay. Yeah. You got your list done. You've checked it twice? It. Not yet. Check it <laughs> out. What are you trying to say? I'm Santa? Everybody Whoa. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Johnny, if you'd like to say the traditional handsome point boy sign off, <laughs> I'll just bleep the very end of it. Feel free to say it, brother. You just go with the good old-fashioned SMBs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, SMBs. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. See you next year. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forum at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.